0: artists, actors and athletes against drink driving. I see a lot of things at gigs, mostly people having a good time and a few drinks. But what I'd hate to see is someone getting behind the wheel after they'd been drinking. Being even a little bit over the limit makes it too easy to lose control. So if you plan to drink, plan ahead. Arrange a designated driver who won't drink. Remember, music lives and you should too.
1: No business wants to throw money away. But did you know sending resources to landfill can be more expensive than recycling them? Planet Ark's free business recycling service can kickstart your workplace recycling journey, help you find the right recycling solutions, and give you a competitive edge. Join the 1 million Australians using business recycling to keep valuable resources in circulation. Visit businessrecycling.com.au. It's just
2: good business. There are plenty of classic hits radio stations, but this is where GoRadio.live is different. We unashamedly select the best music from our chosen era. We develop programs that provide the music with minimal interruption. For many hours of the day, you won't hear any announcers, just great music and the occasional station ID. We let the music play through until the end. No crossfades and no announcers talking over the start and end of tracks. We think you're going to love goradio.live, radio radio as it should be. Check it out at www.goradio.live or download the free app from Google Play or the App Store.
3: We are the Australian Literacy and Numeracy Foundation, striving to empower our most marginalised communities through literacy and education. Literacy is having a voice. Literacy is opportunity. Literacy is dreaming big. Literacy is freedom. Today, you can help end inequality and give every child access to our life-changing and proven literacy programs. Your support is vital. Donate now at ALNF.org.
4: Winter has really set in. Time for hot drinks, warm soups, a relaxing bath and cranking up the heater. Did you know that all these things present a burn hazard for children? In fact, 79% of burns happen in the home. Visit kidsafe.com.au to download the free burn safety checklist and get some essential tips for keeping kids safe in your home. And remember, when a burn occurs, apply cool running water for at least 20 minutes. No oil, butter, ointments or ice. Always seek medical advice if the burn is larger than 3 centimetres.
5: Been playing for a while. Sweet kicks. Cause footy makes you smile Sweet Kicks football If you're getting ready for the trials Gotta go the extra mile Sweet Kicks football
6: Not always hearing that sweet sound when you kick the ball? Need to develop your footwork or explosive speed. Want to take the next step in your footy career? Then you need Sweet Kicks. More info on our Facebook page or go to our website,
5: sweetkicksfootballacademy.com.au Gotta go the extra mile, Sweet Kicks football.
7: The Smith family have been helping disadvantaged Australian children for decades. Today we focus on helping children break the cycle of disadvantage by supporting them to get the most out of their education. But right now One in six Australian children are living in poverty and don't have what they need for school. These kids need a hand up, not a handout. You can help them get the school essentials they need to fit in and the extra learning support to keep up. Please sponsor an Australian child today. Search The Smith Family.
5: If you've had something stolen,
1: or if you've had property damaged, you need the police, not the sirens. If you've lost something or found something valuable,
8: or if you want to register a party, or let us know you're going away on holiday, you need the police, not the sirens. When you need the police, but not the sirens, you can now report these incidents
9: online at police.vic.gov.au or call 131
4: Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. It's
9: Hello and welcome to Northport Oval for today's WARF match of the day between Port Melbourne and the Southern Saints. It's the second place borough coming up against the Southern Saints that have a little bit of work to do to make sure they can ensure they have a spot in the finals come. That time of the season. I'm Lauren Borden and I'll be your host and play-by-play caller today. Also joining me in the commentary box in this fine grandstand here is Neil Butler, who will be on play-by-play as well. Neil, how are you?
2: Doing very well, thank you, Lauren, and good to be here. I've got to say, I was doing this most weeks for the last three years and probably seven years. And it's been a while. Last time I was at a game of footy, it was um, horizontal rain at Deakin.
9: And that was the one where I don't think you were able to call from that Geelong match. Was that the.?
2: Uh, no, we ended up calling, oh, that... but in a tent that uh, was, to call it not waterproof, understates it a little bit.
9: But you made it here, you made it down from Geelong today, so thank you very much for I'm oh, Happy that. to be here.
2: Happy, my age, happy to be anywhere. True.
9: <laughs> That's fair enough. And a couple of young ones out the back here who will be doing special <laughs> comments for us today, starting with Ali Colette, obviously called a few times together. How are you and how's it been going the last few weeks for you? Morning.
10: Yeah, not too bad. What a glorious day for a glorious game of football, firstly. Um, Yeah, glad to be back. Had a a week off last week and always enjoy calling some football.
9: And moving across there, also in special comments today, is Katie Lambeski. Thanks for joining us. How are you?
11: Very, very well. Thank you, Lauren. And good afternoon to the team and to everybody tuning in today. It's been... Busy busy is all I can say with work, but this is always the highlight of my week. So keen to catch a great game of footy. Perfect day for beautiful conditions. And yeah, looking forward to what should be an outstanding contest.
9: It sure is perfect conditions. Absolutely full sun going out across the ground here as we look at the city skyline in the background. And moving on to today's game, obviously we know the Borough lost a couple of weeks ago to Casey. They came back last week against Darabin. A bit of a tough match there. What do you make of Port Melbourne?
11: Impressive. Impressive is the only way you think you can describe them. Um, Look a minor I would say a minor hiccup in their loss to Casey Demons about a fortnight ago and um, they were challenged last week. They were challenged last week in a big way by the Falcons at uh, Bill Laurie Oval but they were able to rally and that's always an important sign. It's always something that you you know you look at at a premiership contender, championship contender like they surely are. So Look, I favour them today, just quietly on home on their home deck. But um, I think they're going to have their hands full today as well with the Southern Saints.
9: Just quietly, I think you're coming out over the boom box, yeah. But uh, it's all right; it's the home side, so I think everyone will be happy with that. And Ali, what about the Southern Saints? Do you think they can match it with Port Melbourne today?
10: Um, yeah, they're an interesting side there, Southern Saints. They they are sixth, but they've had a few good wins this year, and um, even yeah, last week against Hawthorne. Yeah, they've also shown that yeah they don't always match it with the top sides, so I'm not 100% sure how they'll go today.
9: On that then, how important do you think it is for them to at least match it with Port, even if they can't get the four points if they want to play finals? Do you think it's important that they at least stick with them for, say, three quarters today?
10: Yeah, absolutely. Port are one of the top sides for a reason, and even if they can't quite get over the line today, it'll instill a bit of confidence in them that, that'll help moving into the final month or so of the season.
9: So today we will have, uh, as usual, our pre-game interviews with Port Melbourne coach Lockie Harris and Southern Saints coach Dale Robinson. So they'll be coming up for you this morning. And Neil, what about you? What do you think of this match? Do you have an early favourite that you'd like to put out there?
12: Well,
2: this is a history moment for me because having seen Port Melbourne play several times, it's the first time I've seen a female side wearing that jumper in the VFLW because... My experience has been very much with following one team around. So uh, for many years, it was Box Hill and Hawthorne and uh, more recently Geelong. So saw the Southern Saints play early in, when I say saw them, they were there. Um, We believe they were there. Horizontal rain literally meant once it got past the centre, the best we could do was that's a mark to Geelong, that's a mark to the Saints. So that particular day, I think there was a soccer game going on at the next ground and they they scored more games in the <laughs> soccer match than they did in ours. It was a two-goal to one game. So hard to to to, to read the form, but uh, I think the the port side are certainly um, looking the goods at the minute. And I'm probably favouring them. Uh, n- here's a rule: if you you know if you're watching Port Melbourne, never pick against Port Melbourne at Port Melbourne is my rule of thumb. I've done that's I've learned that one over the years. A
9: <laughs> bit of home ground advantage. Very there. much so. And I guess we're getting into these final stages of the season. It's obviously the W season seems to have passed extraordinarily quickly. Just five matches left. If we look at the home side at Port Melbourne's next three matches, they've then got Collingwood, Casey, who they lost to, and Hawthorne. So what do you make of that? It's obviously quite a tough run starting with the Southern Saints today.
11: Definitely, definitely. But I also think it gives them a solid sort of grounding for what they're going to have to go through come finals time. If you... The um, fact is, if you want to be the best, you have to beat the best and face any comers at all time. And this is... Um, it starts this week. I think they have to look at this this, um, this, this contest today and think, look, the road to final starts here, the road to a flag starts here, and if we want it, it's very much in reach. So, um, yeah, definitely, it's a tough run home. No two ways about it, but I also think that can help help uh, sharpen them up a little bit going in
9: yeah absolutely and I guess looking at the Southern Saints they've got a bit of a different uh, run for the next three matches all at home at Trevor Bark Oval so I'm not sure what's going there on there with the fixture but I think the Southern Saints fans will be quite happy with that they've got Geelong, Western Bulldogs and North Melbourne so a few tough matches there for them as well
10: yeah they probably have the, their games at home now because I don't 100% know whether Trevor is a cricket oval or not but the the way that they did the fixture this year was certain grounds were unavailable the first half of the year like Downer Oval and Windy Hill and all those so those those clubs are getting their their home games now but yeah looking ahead to the next three games yeah it'd say that the Saints have got a little bit of an easier run because they've got like Bulldogs and Geelong in there but yeah if they can win yeah just keep winning just Whatever, d- despite whatever happens today yeah, they, they should be able to push up but we'll see what
9: happens. Winning form is good form so you're spot on there. As long as you win you'll keep pushing up there. And Obviously a few AFLW players will be running around today as they all start making their way back into the competition for these latter rounds. For Port Melbourne, uh, we've got a few Richmond AFLW players coming in. Sophie Molan, Maddie Catasano, Laura McClelland, Sarah Sansinetti. Hannah McLaren and Catherine Smith, who comes across from GWS, so she'll jump in there. And Neil, how much of a boost will that be for Port Melbourne?
2: Oh, I think any time you bring uh, players of that ilk in, and again, it's the same in the VFL coming down from the AFL. And it's not only it's not only important for the for the performance of the team, but I think the other thing is too. Uh, you know, number twenty-one on the ground is going to be playing against someone who's just come off a tough AFLW, and there's going to be things to learn. So it's also really good development for the young kids as well. So I think, certainly, uh, yeah, sure they have to get used to a different coloured jumper, but apart from that, thing, you know, I think it's it's really good for the clubs for both sides to have that capacity.
9: And I guess you see it's a long wait between seasons if you are an AFLW player and you don't come back and play VFLW. So we'll see, particularly in the Southern Saints lineup, also a few AFLW players and particularly a few young ones coming back in. So Alice Burke. We playing today: Talia, Maya, Hannah Priest, and Renee Salita. So, a bit of class and a bit of young, um, young rejuvenation to come in there, what do you expect from them and do you think that just a little bit of youth will help them out a little bit youth but at a very elite level. You
11: can always back in youth. You can always back in the people with something to to prove, you know, the just that energy that they that they bring and there's just no no fear, which is what you want which is what you want sometimes in in footy. You just want to go full ball at it and uh see where it takes you. And more often than not you get that from young players. So yeah definitely I think the Saints play an an, ex, an exciting attacking brand of footy and they've backed themselves into try run and run and run Port Melbourne off their legs today but um They've got their work cut out from this, uh, that's to be absolutely sure.
9: Yeah, I agree with that. I think a bit of youth can help in that attacking um, method, as you mentioned, just a little bit fearless, You know, nothing stopping them, they've got nothing to lose, so that's probably what we are looking to see out of today. You mentioned that they've got a few young uh, players and they'll be looking to attack it. Is there anyone that particularly catches your eye as one you're looking out for? Um, Look, honestly, I think you have to say probably someone like
11: Alice Burke, um, just someone who um, can dominate games, can dominate games, and someone who has you know, set themselves up very well at AFLW level. So, yeah, definitely someone to keep an eye on for sure.
9: Yeah, so Alice Burke should be in the number 52 jumper for the Southern Saints today. And what about you, Alice? Is there someone from the Saints that maybe you're just looking at to either lift or just keep continuing their fantastic form?
10: Um, that's actually a good question because I haven't um, haven't seen the Saints for a few weeks now. So yeah, I haven't been able to keep up on how they've all been going, so to speak. But I guess maybe someone like, like Atara Bahana, who's been in the system a couple of years now, is captain and yeah, needs to needs to show her experience and try and lift that Saints side today.
9: She's got 10 goals, I think, already this season. So she's uh, on equal peaking there with uh, Sophie Locke from the opposition side today. So they're up there in, I think, the top five goal kickers in the league at the moment. So hopefully she gets a few on for the Saints Uh that might help them to victory. And what about you, Neil? Do you look down that Southern Saints list and see anyone that catches your eye? Well,
2: I saw Alexandra Hines play a game at Geelong earlier in the year. As I've already indicated, the weather was inclement. Uh, But she was a really, really good uh, in conditions that didn't favour her. And uh, yet she was the one that seemingly stood up for most of the day and kept the the, the Saints in it. Keen to see her. Also um, keen to see uh, the Burks playing. Um, obviously, they've got relatives that were reasonable footballers. So, uh, Just reasonable. <laughs> good to see uh, how the chips off the old block go there. Um, also, uh, Aisling Curley played a ripping game that day. Uh, I think, to be fair, she might have had some previous experience in weather conditions similar to the ones <laughs> that we had that day um, to be fair she was swimming um, that, that day she, <laughs> she was swimming with the tide um, but no there's some, some good names there um, and to be honest with Port, I'm, I'm going to struggle except for the, a couple that have been around for a while at other clubs
9: yeah, exactly. Do you want to go on with Port Melbourne there if there's anyone that stands out to you? I guess obviously um, it's kind of a bit of a, a change for you having looked at Geelong the last few years.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Years, um, so Luca, uh, Luca at wearing number 48 whose name we've stumbled over in the past, Lasoski Hay, uh, an ex-cat, and uh, certainly um, looking forward to seeing her. And Melissa Keys, who's been an absolute stalwart of the competition for years, was the, the inaugural captain at Box Hill the day we saw them play, as it was Box Hill in those days, the first season they played as Box Hill. They went down to Cadinia Park and they kicked one behind for the game against nine goals eight or something yeah. and, I, and Melissa at the end of the game still head up, you know, <laughs> look at this we're having a really good crack, so key to see her out there today as well.
9: And I guess looking at our special comments of Katie and Ali, anyone from the uh, from Port Melbourne, sorry, the home side that you're really looking at for today? Um, just someone that
11: Neil brought up just then before Luca Lazowski. hay I think just recently was uh, delisted uh, off the Richmond list in uh, recent weeks, so I mean it's all it's always interesting just to see how people respond, I guess from that. How you know, there's an opportunity now to play. Um so yeah, it be interesting to see how she performs today.
10: Um yeah, just quickly, one name stands out for me um amongst that uh, borough list and it is Catherine Smith. She's come come down from GWS, played her first game last week and She's just an absolute talent, absolute superstar, and she's only what 22, 23. So it'd be good to see her running around and see how she goes in a in a new side today.
9: So we'll take a break here at Northport Oval and be back with further coverage of WOZ Radio's match of the day between Port Melbourne
13: and the Southern Saints.
9: Even
14: I could Hey guys, I'm Jess. And I'm Lisa from the Veronica's for Rad. Recording artists, actors and athletes against drink driving. What does it mean to be a designated driver? It means you're the friend who's agreed not to drink. Not the person who's had the least to drink. It's cool to do and it shows you care about your friends. If you screw up just once, then your life changes forever. Face it, their lives are in your hands. So why don't you and your friends take it in turns to be the designated driver when you go out? You'll make the road safer for all of us.
8: The average person spends 44 minutes a day thinking about food. At OzHarvest, thinking about food is a full-time job because we're always looking for new ways to nourish our country and combat food waste and hunger. Every day, we rescue quality surplus food across Australia and deliver it to those who'd otherwise go hungry. And you can help. Every dollar donated to OzHarvest can provide two meals to people in need. Visit ozharvest.org. Thought for food.
4: Hey Gary, what time you call this? Yeah, the traffic was really bad. Oh, there's Steve, o G'day,
15: Steve.
2: Morning. How's your weekend? Same old, same old. What'd you get
3: up to? Not much. Are you okay, mate? Looking out
4: for one another is something we all need to do. So if a mate's struggling, ask, Are you okay? Listen, encourage action, and check in again soon. Those four steps could change their life. Find out more at ruok.org.au.
15: Hi, Kirk Pingilly from Excess here. And whether it's music, sweet things, puppies, movies, we all love our treats, but our eyes need treating too. 300,000 Australians, including me, are affected by glaucoma. Diagnosed early, glaucoma can be managed. Left undiagnosed, it can cause blindness. So treat yourself by treating your eyes to a simple test. Book your test at treatyoureyes.org.au today.
13: It's the VFL Women's match of
9: the day. Welcome back to Wharf Radio and the VFLW Match of the Day between the 2nd place Port Melbourne and the 6th place Southern Saints Very shortly we'll have an interview with Port Melbourne coach Lockie Harrison We'll chat to him about today's match as we look out over the ground sun shining and a beautiful day here for footy if not quite warm potentially for an autumn day so now we'll head across and have a chat to Port Melbourne coach Lockie Harris. Lockie, thanks for joining us.
16: No, thank you very much. Appreciate having me.
9: Um, if we can just look back at last week quickly, obviously you were quite tested against Darabin and at halftime it was looking like the match could go either way. What did you take out of that match?
16: Yeah, Darabin were really good last week. Um, really asked the girls to be brave and try a few new things. Um, yeah, I think we had, on Reflections, eight you know, inside 50 kicks that missed the target by ten centimeters or so, but... You know, full credit to our when they really test it it's good to get over the line and yeah, be challenged.
11: Thank you so, so much for your time Tay Lockie. Um, very much appreciated. Uh, looking at ahead uh, to today's game, more of a tactical sense with the Southern Saints playing a bit more of a fast attacking brand of footy, looking to run, run and run as much as possible. Um, do you feel like there's something to exploit there going the other way, there's to use that sort of space that they may open up with their sort of attacking style?
16: Yeah, you know, we've spoke to be our girls about really making sure they do their hard work early. Um, you know, get goal side bumped up to stop that, you know, fast going footy over the back. Um, but conversely, you know, it's going to be about our youth going forward and giving our forwards the best opportunity. So we've done a fair bit of work on that during the week, and um, hope to give the likes of Cleo and Nem Harley and you know, good one on one opportunities and open space if they want to exit.
10: Last week you had a bit of a bit of a star debutant in Cat Smith. What what has she brought to your side and? What can we expect from her today?
16: Yeah, Kat's been great. She's got a number of um, really close friends within our group. She's you know, brought, brought her to us, but, um, you know, her development up at the Giants, you know, as a, a mid who, who went forward to the AFLW season, but, you know, it brings to us real flexibility where she can play down and back and control the game. And, um, you know, the standards she just brings to our girls as well as the Richmond girls, just gives another look at uh, what it takes to be an AFLW footballer. It's been really promising.
2: Lucky, it's uh, it's Neil Butler up here, and just um, looking at the fact that there's an injection of AFLW players into both sides, what does that do for your game plan and and the ability to you know bring what they know to the game?
16: Yeah, hundred percent, Neil. It's one of those really things we've been working closely with Richmond North um, around having a, a similar style to what they want to achieve at an AFLW level and you know educating our girls. So the Richmond girls have been training with us for a number of weeks now. So. Uh, we're trialling a few things and, and getting the connection is probably the biggest important thing between our VFLW players and the AFLW girls that are coming back in. So, um, you know, over the last couple of weeks we've had a few more come back and it's really lifted the energy and the standard training which, you know, our VFLW girls are really benefiting from.
9: And just broadly, how have you seen the alignment going and just having that kind of experience of AFLW players rotating through but as well from a coaching perspective yeah. you've, also got, you've also got other people to draw on?
16: Yeah, it's fantastic. So we've got the likes of uh, Alana Woodward um, who uh, isn't playing at the moment, but she's kind of running our bench. Uh, so from an do point of view, and um, that's been fantastic. And even the Richmond girls that aren't playing are you know, taking on roles as, you know, stats and water carriers. And I think you'll see Ellie McKenzie out there running water today. But that's helping us um, as Alice Edwards walked in waving. Um, but that helps us kind of educate the girls across each line uh, what they can see, and you know, helping me and the other assistant coaches look at it from a different point of view.
11: Lucky, just with the, I guess, not getting too, too far ahead uh, of yourself in terms of the coming weeks, but there are some massive games coming up within the next couple of weeks and then into finals. So, I mean, how, how much does that sort of alter preparations, if, if, if at all? Does it more factor into just going forward in terms of selections, ta- tactically, that sort of thing, given the next few weeks?
16: Uh, not necessarily. We've a... Uh a really good, I guess, layered approach to what we want to be looking at in terms of player availability from an AFLW sense of for the coming weeks. Um, yeah, getting game time into, you know, a whole group is probably the most important thing. Is I you know, speak heavily around connection um, and we really want to make sure that these girls are connected rather than just chucking a, a talented side out on the field that don't know each other. Uh, I think that the quicker we can get connected as a group and knowing you know, who darts left, who darts right, that'll be the most beneficial thing for us. And Yeah, let, we'll get through today and we've, you know, you probably preface, we've got a couple of big challenges next week, but continue you know, are working our connection for that.
9: Yeah, definitely some big challenges ahead, but all starting today, Lockie. So thanks so much for joining us on Wolf Radio. Appreciate it, and good luck today.
16: I appreciate it, guys. Have a fantastic call. Thanks, mate.
9: So that was Lockie Harris, the coach of Port Melbourne there, had a few things to say just about how much it's kind of benefited the side from having that Richmond alignment, which I think was is great to hear, obviously, you know, when that Richmond made that cut between their VFLW side and AFLW side. You know everyone was quite skeptical and probably had their own views on it but i think it's nice to see that it's benefiting port melbourne in a way
10: yeah i i will draw on my own um experiences here for a second when they announced that they were going to cut their their vflw side i was pissed off put to put it bluntly like they just won the men's flag and they said it was because of uh, budget issues or something and i'm thinking Are you kidding me like if you guys can't afford it how can any of the other small clubs afford it so but yeah it's been interesting to see like how port have gone this year because your new side coming in plus richmond's i like oh i don't know what's going to happen and to be sitting here what eight and one now or something like that and yeah, I think, yeah it seems to be a huge success
9: Well, I think it's kind of like Lockie mentioned there. It's all about getting those connections on the park. There's no use um, throwing on a champion team. It's the old team of champions or champion team debate. There's no use just throwing them on the park just because they're great players. It doesn't mean it'll always work that way, will it, Katie?
11: Yeah, 100%. If If the chemistry's not quite right, if the team doesn't come quite together... You know, it can underwhelm, it can disappoint, but it's such a professional setup that they have here out of Port Melbourne, just as a club as a whole. That the fact that they can adjust to taking on a female team like this and to be as successful as they have been is a full credit, I think, to everyone here. Um, I mean, going forward, when Richmond decide that it is worth their time and their investment to have a women's team again, um, a VFRW team, I should say, in fairness, but um, I hope they. Manage to stay in. I hope they manage because I think they add a different layer, different level of professionalism and culture to the league as a whole.
2: Yeah, I think the other thing too to be to be careful of as as a, as a group. I think and I think like you addressed it to an extent. I'm old enough to be everyone's grandfather here. Let's let's acknowledge that. But back in the '80s, there was a fellow who played a few games for St Kilda called Tony Lockett, and he he went all right at the game. But it was interesting. St Kilda were doing pretty ordinary during that that era, and yet when he played they won less games than when he didn't. And there was this question of what they call the locket factor, which says, hang on, plug is not there. We'd all better pull our weight. And my concern when you, you had this situation in, in any club, not just Port Melbourne, uh, but you know, any club where suddenly the superstars yeah. have turned up, The others go, well, it's okay, I'll just kick it to them, and they can do the work. So it's a really interesting dynamic you've got to work through.
11: It's that sort of Homer Simpson thing, you know, can't someone else do it sort of thing, but um, it's interesting. I think
2: I've watched one episode of The Simpsons, so that one's lost on me. (laughs) Despite what my hair looks like, you may think that I have.
9: (laughs) You're right, right, though. It does make for a fascinating dynamic. Fantastic. Well, we're going to head to Southern States coach Dale Robinson right now and just have a chat about today's game. Dale, thanks so much for joining us.
17: No problem. Good morning. Or good afternoon. <laughs> good afternoon.
2: I, I, I'd stick with hello. It's easy.
9: <laughs> you can't go wrong with hello. But today it's obviously a really tough match. Coming up against Port Melbourne, second place on the ladder and going along quite nicely. What are your thoughts heading into the match?
17: Oh, definitely a tough day. Um, they've, they've been playing some really good quality footy and it's a great uh, opportunity and challenge for us to, to come through and, and play some good footy. And, um, you know, hopefully see the other side of it at the end of the day.
2: Dale, it's Neil. Uh, You and I last spoke at uh, at Deakin on a day which was best described as inclement. And uh, that day, I think two goals to one. And I don't think anyone was too flash with the skills on that day. You have a day like today and you'd expect the skills and the run to be a factor in the game. Oh, absolutely. And
17: um, thankfully, we've left our snorkels and uh, flippers at home today. That was a terrible day.
2: (laughs) Thank you for backing Um, me up on that. They didn't believe me how bad it was. It was a shocker, wasn't it? There was more goals scored at the, at the soccer game than there was in the footy game.
17: Yep, that would not surprise me on that day <laughs> um, but yeah, conversely we've, we've pretty much got the polar opposite today and um, today's one of those days where you need to stop their run but uh, enable our own and, and try and create from that
10: uh, Lastly you, you had a good win against Hawthorne uh, what, did, what did you guys take out of that game and what can you use against the Barra today? I
17: think some of the key things that we, we took out of that was definitely belief that we, we should be there and that we should be in every game over the four quarters. Um, bringing our physicality into the game, it's not something that necessarily comes naturally to some of the girls, so it's really sort of uh, challenging challenging them to be more physical, um, to make it a, a, a real contest, but also to to know that even when the, um, the odds are against going into a last quarter with um, a pretty significant freeze advantage and a few other things, that they can actually come out and play their footy and get it done. And we did that by scoring the first couple of goals to, uh, to set us up uh, in that last quarter, which was really pleasing.
11: Dale, Katie Lambeski here, mate. Thank you so, so much for joining us this afternoon. Um, a name that we I couldn't help but notice on the, the team sheet today is uh, Gemma Radford, of course, playing the second game, I think, for the Saints today, coming across from the Danielong Stingrays NAB League. Um, what can we expect from her today? Just uh, tell us tell us a little bit about her.
17: Gemma's a great young talent and, and you're right, she played her first game against the Bulldogs a couple of weeks ago and um, although started the game probably a little nervously, um, she found her groove pretty easily and um, she gives us some great run off half back, she'll back herself in a contest and um, probably plays a little bit taller than she is and uh, just just a great young kid that, that wants to get out and play footy so she's, she's one to, to have a look at in the future definitely.
9: Yeah, and you mentioned physicality there and just kind of trying to bring it into the game today. What can you do to instil that? Obviously, for some players, it's more natural than others. How do you instil that kind of during training and during the week?
17: Uh, it's about a mindset of going and, and uh, starting to make the, the opposition uncomfortable. So you've got to get out, throw some arm bars in and and, and get physical from the start in terms of, of going up to your opponent and actually engaging. So, you know, there's, there's some players that would quite happily go and just stand next to them and not have to... Just, Sort of bring that physical side into it, but we're asking them to do take that one step further and, and bring that in even if it's not a natural part of their game.
2: So the other thing too Dale just looking at the ladder you guys are obviously the one that's the most susceptible to not making the six at the end of the season um is 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 that something that I know you know you're allowed because you're part of the coaches union to say one week at a time but is that something that that requires you to be consistently saying hey you know we drop one here we become really vulnerable or is it something that doesn't even come into the conversation
17: No we have actually started using that word of finals in the last couple of weeks because it is an expectation and it is a a goal uh, of the whole group, and um, you know, they're, they're proving with their footy over the last few weeks that it's something that they really want, and the controls in their hands to go out and execute on game day. So, we do use that as a little bit of a driver because it is something that they really want to do at the end of the year.
9: Fantastic. Well, Dale, thanks for joining us. We hope that you can get the win today, and then finals footy actually becomes a little bit more of a reality and one step closer. So, thank you very much, and good luck today.
17: Thanks, team. Have a great call.
9: So that was Southern Saints coach Dale Robinson there just having a chat about her side and how they've started using the F word, the finals word, and really starting to move towards that. Because so,
12: yeah.
2: there's that thing that, uh, that says, you know, that the, if you look at the ladder, for those who haven't got the ladder in front of them, um, Casey Demons in fifth spot are two games plus a whacking great percentage gap, right? So, and, and they're, they're, But uh, the Saints have only got one game plus a fairly significant uh, percentage over, what, four more games, five more games. So the others probably can't lose the yeah. spot but they can and there's that whole question of if you lose the game we might become susceptible or hey if we win we become less susceptible and and young minds you know that's yeah. it's a really difficult one to balance I would think.
11: i very much like that they don't shy away from it it's none of that one week at a time sort of thing <laughs> i go for the out you know what go <laughs> yeah. for, it. Go yeah, for it and if you sometimes it's better just to vocalize it and put it out there in the universe uh, so to speak but um Look, they're, they're exciting. They're exciting. They definitely they go for it. I like the, the way that they play. They may, at times, leave space in behind for other teams to exploit and attack, but I think that comes with time, That just that sort of defensive edge. If you can just go out there, go on a tear, put on a show, and you know what? The results will come in the meantime as long as you stick together and work on it. So, fi- yeah, finals, why not? Finals, <laughs> why not? And
10: I like that they're putting it out there for sure. Uh, finals are a funny thing because, like, it can be a distraction, but also a motivator at the same time. Mm. Yeah. Cause like, you look at it and go, Oh, you can't look too far ahead. We've still got, still got a month and a bit left of footy. But at the same time where they said at the ladder, they can't, you can't help but at least have a little bit in the back of your head going, okay, we have to have to win every game. We we need to make finals because yeah, they, they finished minor premiers last season. But as I say, last year, it's like last year didn't even happen. Um, but, yeah, they they probably feel like they they should make finals. And, yeah, they probably do deserve to be there. But we'll
2: but see I think what this is, I think this is the thing. If you were someone like Casey, it would be tempting now to be talking about finals, right? Because yeah. you're kind of almost yeah. certainly going to make it. Yeah. You know, the Geelongs, the Port Melbournes, uh, the, uh, sorry, the Collingwoods, Port Melbournes, they're definitely going to make it because they yeah. almost can't fall out. Uh, Geelong and Eston pretty comfortable as are uh, Casey. And they can afford to be saying, "Well, we can start. We might rest a player because we can play them in the finals." Yeah. Where these guys are, they're not. They've yeah, got to yeah. keep winning because if they don't, North Melbourne are right behind them, breathing down their neck.
10: Yeah. And with Casey, they've got Williamstown this afternoon. And having you look at both team lists yesterday, let's just say I'm a bit a bit worried for Williamstown. But um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's that sort of situation, like.
11: I mean, if you motivation's a funny factor, I think if you put if you look too far ahead, I think the other team you're playing, like in the next week, is like oh, okay, mm. they think they they think they're better than us, they think yep. they're looking past us, and you can put that out there and it can backfire on you somewhat. Mm. So, if you're going to talk it, you have got to walk it as well. I'm sure, and we'll see if they're if they're up to that.
2: And don't forget, of course, that Williamstown Casey game tonight is he, he going to be live here on WARF Radio, so don't miss that uh, after this game. Certainly, uh, the team are heading down that way to, to do some more uh, some more calling.
9: It is, I think it'll be live on Wharf Radio at six o'clock for the seven PM bounce. So we'll have that for you. A bit of a double head header today on Wharf Radio. Two matches of the day to coming your way. So we'll just head to a quick break here at Northport Oval and we'll be back with Port Melbourne and the Southern Saints.
8: The average person spends 44 minutes a day thinking about food. At OzHarvest, thinking about food is a full-time job because we're always looking for new ways to nourish our country and combat food waste and hunger. Every day, we rescue quality surplus food across Australia and deliver it to those who'd otherwise go hungry. And you can help. Every dollar donated to OzHarvest can provide two meals to people in need. Visit ozharvest.org. Thought for food.
2: There are plenty of classic hits radio stations, but this is where GoRadio.live is different. We unashamedly select the best music from our chosen era. We develop programs that provide the music with minimal interruption. For many hours of the day, you won't hear any announcers, just great music and the occasional station ID. We let the music play through until the end. No crossfades and no announcers talking over the start and end of tracks. We think you're going to love GoRadio.Live radio radio as it should be. Check it out at www.goradio.live or download the free app from Google Play or the App Store.
18: Yay! (laughs) They're my grandkids. Gee, they can make some noise. But do you know what? It's a beautiful sound because they're alive and having fun. The sound I hate is silence in the pool. When a child drowns, you hear nothing. No splashing, no cries for help. Be vigilant around water. Fence the pool, shut the gate. I teach your kids to swim, it's great. Supervise, watch your mate, and learn how to resuscitate. I'm Laurie Lawrence.
14: Kids Alive, do the five. Draft Central is entering a new era. Covering all the state leagues from the VFLW, Sample W, Waffle W, and Quaffle W, as well as their primary focus, the Nab League Girls, Draft Central has you covered when it comes to all you need to know about the future stars of the AFL Women's. Draft Central, brought to you by Rookie Me, is now on YouTube, so be sure to subscribe at Draft Central, as well as on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages at Draft Central Oz. <laughs>
9: Welcome back to the Wharf Radio Match of the Day streaming here live from North Port Oval between Port Melbourne and the Southern Saints. We'll also be on the VFLW live stream today so you can watch the game and listen to the coverage as well as we take a quick look around the grounds. We had some early matches across VFLW today. Uh, Hawthorne had no dramas whatsoever getting over Darabin 10-9-69 over Darabin one 7 So that's their second win over uh, the Falcons this year. They did one at La Trobe and I think this one was at home over in Box Hill, so a nice big win there for Hawthorne as they just stay in contention of finals uh, a little bit. I think they're about six points off the mark at the moment, six points off the Southern Saints, but it keeps them a little bit in there, and I think it's probably we chatted about Southern Saints and what they had to do, but who's going to jump in there and take over them? North Melbourne's got a bit of an injection of AFLW talent that I think might help Mm -hmm. them press, but apart (laughs) from that, I can't see Carlton uh, or Hawthorne jumping in to take that spot. Let's just say
10: if if North wanna make finals, they've gotta do a hell of a lot better than they did last week. But they've got Collingwood this afternoon, so that may be easier said than done. But yeah, poor poor Darman. They look they were looking really good last week. They were up against against yeah. the borough, but then from all reports their forward line fell apart and Port were able to run over the top, so
9: yeah, and moving across then with another match going on today in VFLW at Witten Oval. It's the Western Bulldogs taking on Carlton, and it's all square there, 23 points apiece. Uh, Western Bulldogs been a little bit costly around goals. It looks like 2-11 they've scored, so Carlton 3-5. So that's a bit of an interesting one.
2: And unless something dramatic has occurred in, about five kilometres away, they cannot blame the breeze. It's absolutely <laughs> dead still here. It could not be any less breezy.
9: That is very true. I don't think there's anything going on. The trees aren't moving whatsoever. Uh, but then we head up to Geelong, where who knows what the weather conditions are like. In Geelong, you left there this morning. What were they looking like, Neil? Uh,
2: very similar to this. Uh, a little bit. I w- I'd say it'd be perfect out there. It's a- out at Deakin, which is a very exposed, thought, as we might have mentioned once or twice already today. But uh, out there today, it would be uh, still. And uh, what have they had? They've had uh, second quarter. So uh, both teams have had a go at one end of the ground. It must have been a really riveting first quarter. <laughs>
9: Yeah, so the current scores as they stand are Geelong 2-4-16 leading the Bombers, no score. Good
10: to see uh, Rocky Cranston getting amongst the goal kickers in potentially her first BFL game of the year, Neil.
2: I think it is is her first game of the year. And the big word going around town is that the two goal kickers in that game are Cranston and O'Fuller. Both will be wearing different jumpers next year.
10: Ooh. Oh, interesting!
11: Mm. We're so making both? a bit. Yeah, we're there's, making a bit of news early this week. There's it a few, <laughs>
10: few rumours because it yep. sounds like um, another cat might be heading up the highway as well. But I don't, I don't think that will happen because it's a midfielder and Melbourne, the team in question, doesn't need any more midfielders. But. <laughs> That's a wrap for another day, shall we
2: say? Yeah, I think I think the question that uh, is coming into the minds of some of the players like uh, Rochelle is that uh, you know the Cats look like they're in struggle street at AFL level yeah. at the moment, and yeah. it's a long way back. If you look at, I mean, they're two best young midfielders, Olivia Fuller and uh, Nina Morrison, uh, we've got two good legs between them at the moment, so you mm-hmm. know th- 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 that hasn't helped them at all but I suspect, I, Rocky just hasn't been uh, the same Rocky as we've got to know over the years in the last mm-hmm. 12 months or so so we just see where she ends up, oh. Olivia um, won't play next year anyway, she's on a knee
10: I've, I've got to ask, why haven't Geelong gotten rid of their coach yet? Like, Why haven't they what? Got rid of their coach yet
2: uh, Well, they did get rid of their VFLW coach
11: I mean, mm. it probably points to more of a an incumbency bias, I think, just generally both in in AFLW level. I think um, that's what they're just sort of struggling with at the moment, mm. Geelong. But yeah, of course, I think some hard questions need to be asked, particularly of just their, their coaching setups. I think they just need a bit of a a bit of a freshen, a freshen up the that dreaded R word, that that rebuild word. I think mm. that everyone hates to th- throwing out. but it might be has to be the go.
2: I think that the thing with Paul Hood is that if you said to him, you know, some coaches are teaching coaches, some coaches are development coaches, some coaches are tactical coaches. My take on him is he's very much a development coach, and given where the AFLW squad is now, you got to remember if you look at the team that they, who was missing this year from their AFLW side, they lost Mel Hickey. Michelle um, yeah. Cranston was out injured for some of the games. Uh, they, they lost Nina Morrison, their best forward. Kate Darcy and Anna Teague, who were their two most experienced forward players, have now both had beautiful children, but that doesn't help their forward line. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, it, it's... It, they had a lot of experience go out of that side, and they were replaced with some players that were young kids coming through who are going to be great, but just aren't quite there yet. And I think that's where Hoodie's got his advantage.
11: Yeah, just sort of a just sort of a phase where you have to just sort of grit and bear it for a little absolutely. while, but as long yeah. as they're on the, the right path.
2: Whereas the VFLW, yeah. of course, they're 7-2. and two. So that's a good sign in terms of what's coming through.
9: Their structure yeah. just speaks more broadly to their culture
11: mm. sort of thing. So yeah. it's interesting. interesting.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Times.
9: So as the sun hides behind the clouds here, we'll take... Hooray. A ray. It's been nice just to get a little bit of break from that sun. I've got some sunscreen if anyone does need it, but we'll change tact a little bit and go for more of a, a bit of a newsy one. Uh, Taylor Harris has reportedly asked for $150,000 to stay at Carlton next year. It's been going around a little bit. Obviously, it'll be partly um, to do with basic contract, and then obviously they have those endorsements and everything else that's based on around that. What are our thoughts on that? Is she worth $150,000? Does she deserve to be asking for that well
11: here's the thing I think it's more she is doing a lot off the field and I think that the name value I think it has a lot of uh, I guess has a lot of status it's a lot of sort of pulling power with the game but you know if you look at strictly from a playing point of view while taylor is you know very enigmatic very uh, very much someone who can turn a game unfortunately it's few and far between and at some point you have to if you're the coaching staff you have to think okay are we better off restructuring our forward line are we better off getting someone through the draft trading for someone in is it is it worth it they have to really have a hard think about that and i think given her output maybe not maybe if you're looking from a strictly on-field point of view, like I am at, th- at this point, no, I'd have to move on.
2: So what's what what's her main function in the, in the club? Is to kick goals, mm. yeah? And Darcy Vesio has done a reasonably yes. good job of that, having won <laughs> the, the goal kicking, I would have thought. Now that doesn't mean she doesn't have a role to play, but no. I, I think it comes down to this question of, and, and you know, I'm not having a go at Taylor necessarily, I'll talk about other players in general. Are, yep. they, are they there trying to market themselves and build their own brand or are they there marketing the club or are they there marketing the association? And you look at people like Daisy Pearce, for example, who has been very much the forefront, but you, you, could, you could straight away know who she plays for and where her heart lies. Uh, her, yep. um, whereas if you look at some of the other players, and I'm not having a go at Taylor in this case either, but some other players, you're thinking, hang on, what, what, are they actually there to feather their own nest or are they mm-hmm. there to, to develop Australian rules football for women, which is really part of what they should be doing in the marketing world?
9: And I don't know if that's something that comes with a bit of a millennial kind of um, stance as well. Obviously, we know Taylor Harris, the big thing was that she walked off the training track to post on Instagram for, I think it was for an Amazon documentary. So something, again, maybe self-fulfilling that maybe her teammates didn't like as much, which is a bit of a millennial thing to do. But I guess looking at Taylor, obviously on field, we know she hasn't had the greatest season. I think she finished outside the Blues top 15 in their best and fairest. Oh, a couple of years ago she had the kick it was you know a lot of that discussion around sexism and her standing up for women's football which made her that very marketable player but i guess i feel that maybe her marketability has gone down a little bit so i don't mm. know if if anything it's the opposite and maybe yeah. she's not worth as much as that yeah. i can't help but wonder whether she's going to be the next
10: my hope like my is a very well known player her story is really well known but then her form dropped off and she's Lining up for the St Kilda Sharks in the Southeast Women's League now. Yep. I can't help but wonder whether Taylor's about to go down a similar path. But yeah.
11: she, she's younger; she has yeah, that to, to her advantage. So there is plenty of time for her to to sort of centre yeah. herself if she needs that. Because she's in her mid twenties, right? Yeah. she's twenty
9: four. Yeah. twenty four. Yeah, absolutely.
11: One thing I guess that frustrates me about this whole discussion is, I mean, not, not from anyone here, not at all, but it's more clickbaity. Unfortunately, mm. everyone's after the retweet. Everyone's after that click of that link. And yep. she like it or not, that's what she. That's what she. That's what she provides. So of course, it makes a lot of sense for her to, you know, for these news outlets who want the clickbait to throw her name out there. Undoubtedly, and of course, people with the usual sexist shit you see on social media. Sorry about the language, but social co- media. Call it for what it is, you know. (laughs) It's not
2: bad language. (laughs) No, but I think the other thing too that comes to my mind is I I would like to consider myself as as both a supporter and advocate for women's football. That's sort of what I do. So I would have probably a higher level of interest in AFLW football than most football watchers. I I don't think that's unfair. Now, if you said to me, what's Taylor Harris done in the last three years? She's done a Colgate ad that gets shoved down your throat, no pun intended, every ad break when you're watching Fox footy. She's clearly done the the statue thing and the and the, the whole NAB association. Yeah. If you had told me that she'd played for Collingwood this year instead of Carlton, I, I wouldn't have been surprised. Now I tend to watch Brisbane Lions games. That's the one I focus on. Yeah. If you if you think about Mo Hope is the one that you brought up Elise, least. You know. What she been up to? Well, I know she did that special K ad. Now that mm-hmm. to me doesn't ring true with what we should be doing. Whereas if you look at someone, and I'm I'll, I'll openly admit my bias here, if you're looking at someone like Kate Lutkins, mm-hmm. yep. absolute superstar of the game, yep. and you don't hear anything about her because she isn't doing that marketing stuff, that's the sort of thing that I think maybe that's where the Taylor Harris thing is going. That it's in fact about promoting. Her more so than Carlton, more so than the the league.
11: More broadly, perhaps we wouldn't be having this discussion if you, you know, paid players more as a whole. You know, you know what? It's sometimes I don't mind players being selfish because the fact of the matter is, you this is not a long career that you have, and you in some instances Mm. you're very lucky to have it. So get the absolute most while you can out of it. So, in terms of Taylor's perspective, I can get it, I can Mm. understand it, but. It's, um, 14 it's a bit more of a broader and a bit more nuanced discussion which requires a lot more a lot more time and I look forward to hopefully fleshing that out one time
2: Oh absolutely because yep. I think if you were to put the foot, boot on the other foot and change to the other league that plays with AFL written in it, if you yep. heard of a player screaming out for $150,000 a year we'd say which draft were you rookied in You know, <laughs> <laughs> so that in itself underlines something in terms of where the, the, the misappropriation of, uh, of that level is but uh, yeah Yeah
9: And I guess it is, like you mentioned, obviously, Taylor Harris, but we do see her, even though we do see her on ads and you might go, oh, which club does she play for? In a way, there's a lot of people who don't watch AFLW but will go, Taylor Harris, I know she plays footy. Yeah. And so Mm, she is aligned in that way. And I think that was something that Eddie McGuire was actually chatting about and saying that the AFL should chip in to pay the money that keeps her at Carlton, which I think sets a very dangerous precedent if you're getting, you know, 50 grand chipped in from the AFL. Or or
2: say to every club, here is $100,000 that goes to a player and their specific role is to market our our, our league, not your club, our league. Mm-hmm. And you could pick a player in each club mm-hmm. and do that.
9: And they become almost an employee of the AFL yeah, absolutely. in a way.
2: Well, that's exactly what they did with Gary Ablett. He could play, clearly, but when he went to the Gold Coast, that was why he was up there. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. why Lee Matthews was dragged up to Brisbane to coach. That's why Kevin Sheedy was the first coach of Greater Western Sydney. It's all about putting a brand out there. I get that, but the, they're not marketing their club, they're marketing the league.
9: Yeah, and I guess also looking at that, you look at kind of Batty Franklin moving up to Sydney and obviously he was on this huge deal of nine years uh, for $10 million, something stupid. And then he's been injured and he's barely played. They haven't won a premiership. But then you go, yeah, but did you bring that marketability up there? Yep, And you'd probably argue he did. So um, I guess that was obviously a long-term deal. There was another one, Christian Petrarca got his uh, seven-year deal. We haven't seen it too much in the AFLW. Obviously, it's not even seven years old. Do you think that's somewhere that the clubs will go? So when a couple more of the expansion clubs come in, potentially they're not using their players?
10: If They can't go the big seven-year deals at the moment because they're only allowed to do two-year deals at most. But I could I could see it happening because there are some players who are who are very, very loyal to their clubs and will want will want that surety that they're gonna gonna have a spot on the list. I could yep. name half a dozen D's to begin with, that would would fit that category easily. So yeah, once they're allowed to do those deals, I could see it happening, but when they're stuck only doing two year deals at most then no. You could possibly throw in coaching deals as well as that. Yeah. For players who have
11: been around a while, who've you know, been in day one with your AFRW program, you know what, why wouldn't it be such a rewarding thing to sign them up on a long-term deal you know, for the last two, three years of their career perhaps and then transition them into a coaching career? Okay. Why not? Uh, but a bit difficult with the salary cap sort of thing because you don't know what it's going to be year upon year, so no. you have yeah. to really use some creative accounting or something like that,
2: but... I think the other thing that comes into this too, and I've noticed it having watched the game develop over five years. When when we first... The, the first year we called VFLW football, uh, and Pete goes back longer than I do in this respect, but we were talking about, oh, that's, that's Tamara Luke. She was a champion bar, a champion cyclist. And there's Renee Gehring, and she was a champion netballer. There was that novelty factor. Well, now you've seen the Nina Morrisons and the Olivia, Olivia Purcells coming through. They have not missed a beat. From the day they went to Auskick at the age of four, they have played footy. So now we've got footballers coming through rather than athletes who can play footy, and I think that will lead towards... More likely contracts because you can then say, "Well, you know, they put Renee onto the the the, the uh, team at Geelong because she was good at handling the ball." You know, it's it, we've come a long way in that time.
9: Mm. Yeah. And you potentially you're not taking a chance on some of those players. You went, "Geez, they're a good athlete." We hope they can adjust to playing footy. Yep. You're not taking that chance as much now when you see players coming in from. They're those on kids. a pathway. Yep.
2: As as you would with a, well, the Geelong Falcons, the Danielong Stingrays. They've been in the system since they were twelve.
9: Exactly, and we've got a few players coming in from that system today too as well. Ashley Richards is actually making her debut for Port Melbourne, so she's from the Dandenong Stingrays and she'll come in, as is Jade Anthony. So both a couple of players coming into Port Melbourne's side today that have come from that NAB league and they're, they're following that pathway now, 17-, 18-year-olds who have been playing for years and years and years. So we'll take a break here at North port and we'll be, back, we'll be back with the first bounce of Port Melbourne and the Southern Saints.
14: A tough time doesn't excuse abusive behaviour at home. Even in crisis, there's no place for domestic or family violence. If you, your family or community is affected, help is available online and by phone 24-7. For free, confidential advice, support and counselling for everyone, contact 1800RESPECT. There's no place for domestic or family violence. Help is here. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra.
8: How often should you wash your hands?
14: Maybe around nine times a day.
8: Four? Like twenty? Maybe twice a day, whenever they feel dirty. When should you wash your hands?
4: After you touch some raw meat. And before starting to eat? At the beginning. I wash my hands
3: before
8: preparing food. How would you rate your knowledge of food safety? Probably like an eight out of ten. Six or seven. 7.5? 7. Learn more at foodsafety.asn.au slash food safety training. Food safety, it's in your hands. Been playing for a while, sweet
5: kicks, cos footy makes you smile, sweet kicks football. If you're getting ready for the trials, gotta go the extra mile, sweet kicks football. Not always hearing that sweet
6: sound when you kick the ball? Need to develop your footwork or explosive speed? Want to take the next step in your footy career? Then you need Sweet Kicks. More info on our Facebook page or go to our website, sweetkicksfootballacademy.com.au Gotta go the
5: extra mile Sweet Kicks Football Yay! (laughs)
18: they're my grandkids. Gee, they can make some noise. But do you know what? It's a beautiful sound because they're alive and having fun. The sound I hate is silence in the pool. When a child drowns, you hear nothing. No splashing, no cries for help. Be vigilant around water. Fence the pool, shut the gate. I teach your kids to swim, it's great. Supervise, watch your mate and learn how to resuscitate. I'm Laurie Lawrence. Kids Alive, do the five.
0: It's Anna Mears winning gold. Hey, I'm Anna Mears. Winning gold at the Olympics was an incredible feeling, and having my biggest rival, who I'd just beaten, ride up next to me and lift my hand in victory topped off an amazing moment. We'd had our fair share of clashes over the years, but in the end, we both respected each other, and that's what really counts in sport. Be gracious in victory and in defeat. To keep your sport inclusive, safe and fair, go to playbytherules.net.au.
14: Elder abuse can take many forms. Financial abuse is the most common. He said, Mum, I'll get the
17: money for you.
14: I gave him my card. He's my son.
1: And then I got a call from the bank
11: manager.
18: I never expected this from my daughter.
11: If I don't change my will, I can't see the grandkids again.
13: For free confidential support, call 1-800-ELDER-HELP. That's 1-800-353-374.
8: The average person spends 44 minutes a day thinking about food. At Oz Harvest thinking about food is a full-time job because we're always looking for new ways to nourish our country and combat food waste and hunger. Every day we rescue quality surplus food across Australia and deliver it to those who'd otherwise go hungry. and you can help every dollar donated to Oz Harvest can provide two meals to people in need. visit ozharvest.org thought for food.
1: No business wants to throw money away. But did you know sending resources to landfill can be more expensive than recycling them? Planet Ark's free business recycling service can kickstart your workplace recycling journey, help you find the right recycling solutions, and give you a competitive edge. Join the 1 million Australians using business recycling to keep valuable resources in circulation. Visit businessrecycling.com.au. It's just good business.
9: back to the Wharf Radio match of the day between Port Melbourne and the Southern Saints here at North Port Oval. We're just minutes away from the first bounce here. It's a double header on Wharf Radio today. Well, not quite a double header. We've got a few hours in between where you can catch your breath, but then we'll be over for Williamstown and Casey starting at 6pm. So today, you've got us on the radio and you can also watch us on the VFLW live stream on YouTube. I'm Lauren Borden. Joining me in the commentary box is Neil Butler, Katie Lambesky, and Elise Collette just a few minutes to go until the first bounce here we mentioned them a little bit earlier in the match but we'll go quickly around round the booth or around the outside booth and take some tips
11: i got to go with the home side today i think they're just well placed they they look well drilled they look ready and they they have their eyes on finals as well today so they should get it done by about three or four goals i think
10: Um, Yeah, from what I've seen from both sides this year, despite the few stumbles that the borough have had the last couple of weeks, I think they should be able to do it by, yeah, probably about three goals.
2: I heard a radio program this morning where the guy said three times, I think North Shore will win, but I'll, I'll tip Corio. Um, I'm not sure why so I might say Port Melbourne will win but I'll tip the Saints that way someone's tipping the Saints
9: I think you always feel like there has to be a little bit of balance so if you didn't do it I was going to say the Saints as well but I think Port Melbourne are quite well drilled and they've got some nice systems in place there so they should be able to get over the line they probably need to be getting over the line especially when they're the ones that they aren't shirking around the finals question they should be there deep come late June I guess will be when our finals will start in the VFLW
2: can I get controversial
9: Absolutely, you've got about a minute to do it.
2: I've been to this ground, I reckon, 20 times, and every time, just as we're about to start, they fire up that barbecue directly (laughs) underneath us... And all you want is a is a barra burger. A, 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 take a look at yourselves. Where do you want to stick it over there? Where there isn't anybody.
9: It does. It smells like a Bunnings warehouse sausage right now from where we're
2: sitting. It's absolutely outstanding.
9: But I think it's been because the crowds picked up. About fifteen minutes ago, we mentioned there might have been about twenty five people. We well, were going to give out
2: names and addresses, weren't we?
9: <laughs> we sure were. And in the last about four minutes, the barbecue's fired up and everyone's waltzed in here, which is great to see. And they're all sitting around the white picket fence here at Northport Oval Overland in the lovely grandstand here. So we're just a minute away from the first bounce. Teams coming out of their huddle here. Southern Saints are just moving into position now, we, while Port Melbourne will take a little bit longer.
2: We have a final score in the Bulldogs versus Carlton game, if you would like that. Um, Bulldogs 4-14-38 have defeated Carlton. Three goals, 6-24.
11: I mean, massive, massive result in the context of the season. Both sides looking at uh, finals, very much so, and I think could be uh, a telling result uh, when all said and done. Yeah.
2: And uh, at down at uh, Deakin University, Geelong two five seventeen leading Essendon two behind. I believe that to be half time. Yeah,
10: just going back to that Bulldogs game quickly. Oh, what was the score? something like 14 behind.
2: 4.14, yeah.
10: Jeez, yeah, Sean Kavanagh and his coaching staff will not be happy with that.
2: Maybe so. the, maybe they didn't tell them that's the two big ones in the middle. That's what I've always... its always an understanding that people knew that those burgers, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, um, can you go and do something about that? Much? <laughs> that is unbelievable.
9: Well, he'll keep thinking about the burgers and about the barbecue, but it'll be Neil Butler to take you for through for the very first bounce here today on Wharf Radio's Match of the Day, Port Melbourne v. Southern Saints.
2: The burgers are better at... Port Melbourne. So we've got the two number 16s lining up against each other, Elizabeth Wilson and Alexandra Hines. So I'm tipping number 16, will get the tap down when we get started. <laughs> Beautiful day, dead still, no wind advantage at all. Um, one of the great things about calling uh, women's football is often the hair points in the direction to show you where the breeze is, there's nothing happening. So Umpire looks over his shoulder, he's got his ball in the air and up it goes and the tap down is uh, it, it didn't go either way. Saxon Jones first one to get her hands on the ball. Gets a quick uh, kick forward that time it was actually Smith getting the ball. Saints going to the right of screen those of you who are, this, are watching the, uh, the stream for those who aren't it's the uh, uh, Bob Bonnet end that the Saints are kicking to free kick on the half forward flank going to the Saints and uh, they will come inside 50 for the first time with off the boot of McLaren.
9: She chooses and just opts for a little short kick and they'll just chip it in here and find their targets and that exactly that they do on the 50 alliance. the Saints with the ball. Looking for the short ball in, just looking to find that target to grab onto it. Oh, just missing it down there, the Southern Saints. So the Port Melbourne will have a chance to gather it now and go out, running into a little bit of traffic there and they'll be taken down. And The umpire will come in and throw the ball up. 40 metres out from Southern Saints goal.
2: My apologies to the DeAngelis family. I chose the wrong list of numbers to choose from, and it wasn't, in fact, McLaren. It was number 39 for the Saints. Ball goes up just inside 50 for the Saints. They're kicking to the right-hand end of the Williamstown Road end. Could have been a free kick there for holding. It wasn't. Picked up that time by uh, Smith. She's been uh, prominent early Ball sort of in amongst a pack of players there in the forward pocket for the Saints umpire has no option but to go in and toss the ball up about 30 metres out from goal at the Williamstown Road right hand end of the screen. Bob Bonnet in call it what you like.
9: So it's a congested start here so far at the ground it looks like it's petering along the boundary line there and it will fall over there within seconds of that last stoppage we'll have another one and the ball will be thrown in again just sticking tight there in the Southern Saints forward 50.
2: What a magnificent head of hair walking past. How mm-hmm. sensational is that? I wish I had hair like that.
9: We can only dream as the ball gets <laughs> thrown in. Up it goes. Tap goes down again. It's the Saints. But Port Melbourne able to just grab it out there and they'll exit their danger zone and switch to the opposite side of the ground. Running in to just collect it and juggle it around there is Sophie Lock. She couldn't quite hold on to it, but her teammate comes in and helps her out. In the soski she gets it around. But against the Saints. We're just locking this down a little bit. Nice kick from going into the forward 50
2: there. <laughs> Go and say, who was it? Go running on. onto the knees. We don't have a number one on our team sheet, so <laughs> we'll
9: find that one out at quarter time and see if we can find out who's got the number one jumper on there for the Southern Saints. I'm
2: wondering whether it's Natasha Morris who was named as an emergency without a number.
9: It's Beck Neves there. Beck Neves, the okay, thank you. So she sent the long ball in there that the Saints will try and use Port Melbourne doing their best to hold it down. And it'll be a throw, and it'll be Port Melbourne who are able to make the most... No, it won't. It'll go, the free will go to the Southern Saints, so it'll be in the hands of Stuart. She's kicked a goal already. Not already, already this year, sorry. She's been in some good form this season, though, so good, could do it again. It looks like she's lining up to go for the sticks. She pops it on the right boot, doesn't quite come off the boot as well as she would have liked. In amongst it there, for, it was a teammate in who might be able to get onto the end of it. But it's Port who can gather the ball they're just getting plenty of pressure there from the Southern Saints who are just locking it in and trying to make sure it doesn't leave out. A bit of a clearing kick there to the top of the 50. It'll be the Saints running onto it there through Van der Heim. And the ball will come there, floating into the hands of... Ooh, sorry. Of Brancisano. Brancisano, yeah. who's jumping across to Port Melbourne. But again, it's the Saints who just won't let it go into Port Melbourne's attacking 50. And they'll go and they'll push forward here and bring it into the middle of the ground. It bounces off the hands of Priest. She can't gather it cleanly, but the umpire will call high and it will be Priest who's able to take this. And the co-captain will just go for the short chip kick, 15 metres, and she'll find her target. She takes a strong mark there in De Angelis. So De Angelis will just wait for some of her teammates to go further forward, and she'll wait for them to push into that 50, and she pops it up a little bit into the pack. Two Port Melbourne players go at it. They both spoil each other a little bit. Putting it on the boot there, though, was Bohanna for the Southern Saints. Again, getting a nice little kick out of there was Priest. She's been part of the action these last few moments. And she'll have a teammate streaming and running into an open goal. Puts it on the right boot. And it'll be the Southern Saints with the first goal of the day here at Northport Oval. They'll take the lead 1-6 to no score.
2: I'm looking at the number on the back of that jumper. I reckon it says 51, and we don't have one of them either. So uh, a
9: few jumper uh, changes from the Southern Saints early.
2: Yeah, I did hear someone say when Dar- when we were talking to Dale, this will sort them out. We'll put a different numbers on. So number 51 uh, has got that at the moment. We'll find out who that is in a moment. But the scores are Southern Suns. Southern Suns. It is Abba Hannah. So she's wearing a different number. Oh, excellent.
10: Number 15. No, no.
9: fifteen
2: was it? <laughs> fifteen fifty-one. No, here on the on the wing. It was this person here, number fifty-one, no, that kicked the goal. Say, I know,
10: I can, I know Tara Bahana from here, and it wasn't her.
2: No, no this fifty-one out here on the wing, which is the problem. So it's not the Southern Suns at all. They were banned. Southern Saints, one goal leading, no score at this point of time. We've played a couple of minutes into the into the first quarter. Ball has gone forward a little for the Saints, but the umpire is doing yeah. his dance. The ball is spilled out, coming out the other side with it and there is a free kick paid by the umpire at the other end of the ground, and it will go to Laura McClelland, just behind the centre for Port Melbourne. Her kick should take her into attack.
10: Finally worked out who number 51 is. It is Talia Meyer.
2: She's normally wearing 34. That's not going to confuse us at all, is it?
10: Don't you just love the their old jumper change without telling anyone?
2: And the folk on the stream are going, yeah, we know who it is. It's Talia Meyer. Ball on the half-forward flank and the aforementioned, no, that time it was uh, Neves. Now, that's funny. We were told Neves was wearing number one. She's out there wearing 41. So we'll have to have another guess on who number one is as well. Uh, now picked up by Solitis. Solitis, she's tackled. Ball is not going anywhere. It's centre-half forward. Strange kick, slightly backwards that time by the Saints, picked up this time by the player. Again, another number that we don't have, but a mark taken in the forward line by Rapari, and she'll go back and have a shot at goal. So we've got a number 35 out there for the Saints as well, and we have a number one.
10: 35 is Maddie Capsalis. And there is no number one listed on sports TG, so I have no idea who
11: number okay, one so is.
2: Capsalis is which one? Capsalis is thirty-five or one?
10: Uh thirty-five.
2: Right, sorry.
11: Can't ask for much more for a better start here for the Saints. A kick comes in but it's just to the right from Rapari, but yeah, if you're Dale Robinson, if you're the Saints coaching staff, you can't ask for much more than this. It's been very much played on the Saints terms, have kept it locked in, have just been really sharp in moving the ball, looking to hit up targets where they can going forward, not just blazing away. They'll look to keep that going on as Port struggle to
9: play out here. Absolutely. So Port have struggled to get it much past where they are, where they are here about along the half forward line. And again, they're just stopped in their tracks there by Hines and she's able to cut it off and she gets another inside 50 entry for the Saints. But it's Port Marwin who just get a little bit of a kick away running after it there is Bromage; She's in fine form herself as well and she's able to just see it over the boundary line.
2: That was really good by Bromage because that was kicked by the player off the ground. And oh no, they aren't paying a lasso. I would have said from where we were that it was touched before it went over the line, but a good piece of field umpiring going over and just telling the boundary umpire that that's what's going on. So kicked forward by the mystery 51, or we know, Talia Meyer, and she's kicked the ball forward to Hannah Stewart. Stewart kicks it inside 50 to the centre half forward position. Lots up, ball comes down. Picked up and kicked around this time by Rapari. And a snap goes through the high diddle diddle. And that is a goal to the Saints as well. They're currently leading two goals, one 13 to Port. Well, Port haven't got past the centre yet. And uh, we have played seven and a half minutes. Is that seven? Jeez, yep. I think we're number? getting
9: on to eight minutes there. Can the make the numbers blue on a bit the
2: bigger. And uh, Elise what can what can the port guys do to uh, to s- sort of stem the flow
10: yes when they're trying to come out of defense in particular they need to to find the clear option because the Saints are just intercepting it way too easily whether it's on their defensive 50 or slightly further up the ground so if they can find the space and maybe even just short sharp kicks for a little while just to guarantee that they keep possession that that might help them a bit.
9: So Bromwich gets on a nice run out of the centre and gets the clearance again, only as far as the centre circle is what they can do. She goes in again from Port Melbourne, looks like she might have been taken high, but it's into a pack. And the umpire calls holding the ball. So instead it'll go the other way, and it'll go the Southern Saints way, and they'll have another chance here in the centre of the ground to go forward.
2: Don't you love it that Bromwich is wearing a helmet? We can tell which one she is. They all well hu- wore helmets and make it easy, wouldn't it? So ball inside 50, big long kick. A ball spills in front, picking it up this time for the Saints. was Rapari again. Her hand pass was pretty quick, but Hannah kicks it around the body, but doesn't get it very far, picked up by De Angelis, uh, beg your pardon, by McLaren, and she kicks the ball out of uh, danger.
9: So again, it's just locked and stuck on the Saints forward 50 entry, and... Free looks kick. like they might get a free kick going their way again. So it's all going right for the Southern Saints early in this match. They lead by 13 points and they've stopped their higher ranked opponent from scoring so far. So, again, just opting for that short play on the outer side of the ground, 35 metres out from goal. They'll have a chance to go forward or at least just pop it up into the space. They're not coming up there for a beautiful mark there from the Southern Saints. That looks like it's Bahana. Yep.
2: And and very sensible kick, I would have thought, putting it into a gap where Bohanna could use her height.
10: Yeah, absolutely. Because she was a good, solid head taller than everyone in that contest. So just reach up those a few extra centimetres and the ball's all yours.
9: So Bohanna will stride in here. She's already got 10 goals this season and she'll go for her 11th. She puts it on the boot. It looks good. But the umpire has to move to the right, so it'll just be a behind here. And it'll be the Southern Saints 2-2-14, leading Port Melbourne, no score.
2: So the ball hasn't got past the centre more than about half a kick so far. Kies could have been taken high. Umpire says no play on is the call. It's going to be a a ball up just inside the 50-metre zone at the defensive end for the borough. They need to just slow the game down, as Elise suggested, and just get a few small kicks just to get some possession get some confidence in their game. Hand pass wasn't uh, forthcoming in the end. It came out, picked up that time by Smith, who's been pretty prominent. And uh, it's going to be another ball up right on the 50-meter line. The players are going to get up with a red line on their jumpers from the, 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 uh, from the paint on the ground. Up it goes. It is Hines against Tanner. And, uh, okay, so we've now worked out 41 as Annalise, uh, Annalise Harris. Um, so that's handy to know as well.
9: That's Harris who should get the ball here. Oh, no, sorry. I'm getting okay. problem mixed up. that's Harley. You should uh, get the ball here. She just spots it straight into the centre of the ground. She spots her opponent in that. Not able to gather the ball cleanly, though, so it'll still stay in the hands of Port, and it'll be in Brand Catasano, who gets the ball away into the 50, and it's the first forward 50 entry for the home side here today that's just punched out back into the centre square, so there's still work to be done, that work will be done there by Smith. So she's able to find her player, her teammate, free in Sophie Lock, and she's a safe person that you'd want to have with the ball inside the forward 50, but she opts to go for the short hand pass to Harley, who dodges her opponent, puts it on the right boot. She's nearly got the distance. She'll be hoping for the bounce.
2: And it go, go through it all. there
9: <laughs> for a behind. So it's Port Melbourne's first score here. They're 0-1-1, trailing Southern Saints 2-2-14. Nearly 12 minutes gone in this first term.
2: So the Saints full-back has been wondering what to do for the first 12 minutes because it hasn't been down there. And... Uh she takes a bit of a jog out here and kicks the ball out long, looking for a three-on-two. Good effort that by the uh, the player there for the borough in Harley. And she gets it across to her teammate in Molan. Molan's kicked to centre-half forward. Wasn't quite long enough. Picked up off the ground by Bailey. Bailey gets it to her teammate. Drops it like a hot spud but didn't get penalised. Now in the hands of Tanner. And Tanner is going to be pinged for holding the ball. That's what happens when you try and take on three quarters of the opposition side, isn't it? You're going to get caught out.
9: So it'll be the Saints here, and they'll start going forward here. Going across, dangerous kick.
2: I don't think she saw Section Jones at all, did she? I don't
9: think she did, but Lucy Burke did well to just hold her calm there and take the mark. And the Saints will go along the broadcast side of the ground, the grandstand side, if you will. So it gets across to Stewart. Stewart just plays on immediately. She spotted her target. She looked. Well done. And she found Taylor Carnes.
2: So, Carnes with the ball, taking it into the forward line further. Good kick. Finds her teammates. The Saints certainly using the ball better. Rapari's already got a goal. Kicks it inside 50. That's a poor kick, though. Um, gives the ball back. Rapari kept coming, though, which was good and though the, the Burrett picking it up and taking it out from defence, it's going to hit the ground just in front of the player in Richards. Couldn't control it. Now running onto it is uh, Stewart. Stewart hand passes it back to a teammate in Redford. Redford kicks the ball forward, just a little bit too strong for Burke. Goes over the back, running onto it though now for the Saints is Carnes. She is tackled. Umpire says holding the ball, dropping the ball, throwing the ball, whatever it was, and she's going to give the free kick away to Jade Anthony.
9: So it's Jade Anthony who moves the ball across to Kennedy and the loft to switch to the opposite side of the ground. Finding a free teammate there in McDonald. McDonald will go back here. She'll stay on that outer side of the ground and just opt for the short 15-metre meter kick. It's Port Melbourne struggling to find some of their teammates at the moment. Immense pressure being put on by the Southern Saints, which is how they started last week and helped them to the win. So they'll keep going and just standing there, standing there tall was one of the Southern Saints players who just kicked it into the forward 50 and she looks again for Rapari. Rapari's been in amongst everything. It'll be Port Melbourne who can just cause a little bit of a turnover here, but they're under a lot of pressure. It'll be tough to get out the ball. Trying to weave through traffic is Sophie mm. Molin. She weaves through a bit of traffic, but she gets caught. And she gets caught holding the ball, so it'll go straight back to the Southern Saints.
2: That was like trying to weave through peak hour traffic at Westgate. She got past the first one, but she was in all sorts after that. So they're kicking backwards uh, a long way. That's a full kick backwards. Uh, found the player by themselves, but they're no better off. Kick forward that time by Hocking. Uh, playing one of her first games back after a knee injury uh, in 2019. Good to see her back out there on the field. Ball on the wing, picked forward by the Saints inside 50. That's what you describe as an ordinary kick, and it's going to roll out of bounds in the forward pocket just in front of the old time clock, which tells us we've played negative one minute into this first quarter. The real time clock says we've played 15.
9: And Katie, what are you making of the game
11: so far? Such a mature performance, I think, from the Saints so far. Just not blazing away, looking for targets, locking the ball in, repeat pressure, hard-working performance so far. Rapari's been in everything, just really presenting and giving an option. And I also like the fact that the umpires are
9: awarding the tackles here as Saints go forward again. And Rapari's in there. She's on the end of it and she's running onto it. She's got a chance now here to score. She puts it on the right boot, but it'll go wide from Rapari. So she's been in and amongst everything, and it's the Southern Saints 2-3-15. They're leading Port Melbourne. Just the one behind here with a few minutes left in this first term.
2: The three behinds they've kicked, two of them have been quite gettable, so it could have been quite nasty at this point of the game. So the the bar is still hanging in there. And uh, Jade Anthony must have heard me. She's going to put a helmet on as well. So we'll we'll have more than helmets by the time the game's finished. That's kicked out, and good kick finds her teammate in Sansanetti. Sounds like a suitcase, doesn't it? Santonetti kicks the ball forward and finds Smith, who's probably been the borough's best player. She's been getting a lot of the ball. Kicks it down the wing. Good body use that time by Tanner. Rolls over the back, kicking it forward off the ground is Molan. Molan, Molan, Molan. Gets the ball, overruns it in the end. Hand pass ends up in the hands of Burke of the Alice variety. Ball kicked forward that time by the other Burke. That is to say, Lucy. There's Burks everywhere. And kicking forward now, Bohanna. She's got a player loose. All she needs to do is run onto it. It's Solitas. She can't get around to it. Um, didn't have the slightest chance, did she? I had to say it. It was there. And kicked ball out and marked by Priest.
9: So Priest will go forward and she finds her loose teammate. She'll get the ball over there to D'Angelis. So D'Angelois looks to find another teammate of hers. Doesn't go for goals, but instead Oxford. What looked like a pack, but standing tall there was Bohanna.
2: Looks like the Eureka Tower, doesn't she, when she puts her hands up?
9: She really did. Stood tall and took a strong mark there, and she's got a very gettable shot here. Just 25 metres out, almost directly in front, slightly to the left, Bohanna.
11: Always takes the ball at the highest
9: point, doesn't she? She's Mm. just a nightmare in the air for opposition defenders.
2: Particularly some of the size of some of them down there.
9: Yeah, uses her height to her advantage. So she'll go in, put it on the left boot, and the umpire will watch it over her head. And there you go, the third goal for the Southern Saints goes straight through, and they're making a very fast start here at Northport Oval against the home side here, Port Melbourne.
2: Sorry, who was it that said the Saints would win? Before the game, oh, was it me? Yeah, it was you. I, th- I thought so. Yeah, no, I was just making sure. Not uh, not not going the early crow, but you know, we will not just getting in that early.
10: Just got a few quick around the ground scores for everyone. Uh, Essendon ha- have bridged the gap a bit to Geelong. The margin's only eight points in favour of the Cats at the moment. And I would not want to be a North Melbourne supporter right now. Collingwood five three thirty
9: three. North Melbourne yet to score.
2: Ouch, I think that's the yes. expression there.
9: Yes. <laughs> I think it's the score we might have been expecting a little bit when we looked at the fixtures today. As the ball and the game restarts here. It'll be brought to ground. A few players jumping over it. A few Port Melbourne players in there in their numbers. Wilson's in and amongst it, and She's able to gather, but the ball again falls to ground. It'll be the Saints able to pick it up cleanly. It's through the hands of Hines that are able to just get that ball out and keep it in the Saints' safe hands. On to Priest. Priest being good early, good user of the ball, and she sends it straight inside, forward 50. Running onto it there is Rapari. She's had her hands on everything inside the forward 50 for the Southern Saints. Ball looks to be locked up a little bit along the half-forward line there for the Saints. And the umpire will come in and he'll ball it up.
2: The onions are on. It's uh, That food just keeps wafting up, doesn't it? I don't want to make a point of it, but yeah, tell you what, they're going all right down there. Ball tapped down inside 50. Running onto D'Angelis, couldn't control the ball. Umpire's seen a free kick and will pay it. It's a free kick going to Borg Najali. Did we get that right, the Najali Borg, and uh, she's received the free kick on the halfback flank. She runs around the person on the mark, kicks the ball down towards the wing. In fact, right on the wing. Ball spills over the back. The Saints are in the van. I don't know what that means, but commentators say it a lot. Ball tapped forward by Hocking. Had her legs taken out, umpire's going to pay a free kick, and that will be Frankie Hocking on the halfback flank having a kick.
9: So hong Hockinger will go forward. She sends it across the back, but she's got a teammate at the very back of it who can't quite hold on to it. But it's okay because it will come through the hands of Alice Burke at the back there, who's able to hold on to it for the Saints and again push the Saints forward. They'll go forward yet again today. It's just been locked inside their 50, We're trying to have a different say for that was McLaren from Port Melbourne. It's the borough who are able to just get out here. They might be able, might be able to get out safely, but it slips through the hands of Molan, She's under a lot of perceived pressure, so it'll go back to the Saints and it'll go straight round. Goes over the top of Rapari's head. She'll try and run after it, but she's got a teammate there who flicks it back to her, and Rapari's got a chance here. She moves well, gets out the hand pass. She's got a teammate there who's able to pick it up but gets brought to ground. That was Salidas, who couldn't quite make the most of it. Port Melbourne doing their best here to stop a goal. Going up for it as the siren sounded was Bohanna, who she got smothered on the siren. So it's 3-3, 21. The Southern Saints leading Port Melbourne one point here at Northport Oval. Ali, what did you think? Wow.
10: (laughs) Great start there, Southern Saints. If they were daunted by the task in front of them today, they're clearly not showing it because their defensive pressure and their ball use was just so much better than ports and the scoreboard's proving it.
11: Mature performance, absolutely. I think... You know port melbourne had a couple of moments there where they made a first foray forward but the saints were just able to pass their way through kick 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 down the wing and convert that down the other end so they're not phased they're not phased it's all they're looking they're looking sharp they're looking quick exactly what you want and more importantly they have something to show for it with a 20 point lead and they'll look to build on that of course outstanding so far
9: and a little bit of that attacking play that you were mentioning at the very start of the match that's just what they've shown is just attack, attack, attack
11: led by Kate Ripari in a lot of ways Tara Bawana of course is as we mentioned a nightmare in the air for opposition defenders so they'll look to keep on hitting her up going forward I think the biggest issue that we might find that far pocket that far pocket to your right of screen just looks like nothing's doing there it just looks like it's getting stuck there. So try to avoid it in terms of both sides. Try to avoid it. Try to look for the switch into the center. You know, generate chances that way, but Port have their work cut out for them. We're going to have to—they're going to have to lift a few notches if they want to get the four points.
2: I think one of the things we spoke about before the game was we thought that it would come down to who could move the ball the quickest. Yep. And I think what the Saints have managed to do is shut down a lot of that for Port. So Port haven't been able to move the ball like we know yeah. that they would like to do. And I think it's almost like, well, we've played our main card and we can't play that. What do we do now? And yeah. it's just—it it took them a while to settle into it. And I think if the Saints keep that sort of pressure up, uh, Port are going to struggle to score.
9: So yeah. at quarter time, it's the home side, Port Melbourne, just the sole point. They're trailing Southern Saints 3 21 We'll be back after this break for the second quarter.
2: The mate with the high-tech Bluetooth fish finder, but not a life jacket. You know the type. So when
18: enjoying the water, make the right call to keep your mates safe. Make sure they wear a life
14: jacket. A message from your mates at Royal Life Saving. Draft Central is entering a new era, covering all the state leagues... From the VFLW, Waffle WaffleW and QuaffleW, as well as their primary focus, the NAB League girls, Draft Central has you covered when it comes to all you need to know about the future stars of the AFL women's. Draft Central, brought to you by Rookie Me, is now on YouTube, so be sure to subscribe at Draft Central, as well as on our Facebook,
7: Twitter and Instagram pages, at Draft Central Oz. The Smith family have been helping disadvantaged Australian children for decades. Today we focus on helping children break the cycle of disadvantage by supporting them to get the most out of their education. But right now, One in six Australian children are living in poverty and don't have what they need for school. These kids need a hand up, not a handout. You can help them get the school essentials they need to fit in and the extra learning support to keep up. Please sponsor an Australian child today. Search The Smith Family.
4: Winter has really set in. Time for hot drinks, warm soups, a relaxing bath and cranking up the heater. Did you know that all these things present a burn hazard for children? In fact, 79% of burns happen in the home. Visit kidsafe.com.au to download the free burn safety checklist and get some essential tips for keeping kids safe in your home. And remember, when a burn occurs, apply cool running water for at least 20 minutes. No oil, butter, ointments or ice. Always seek medical advice if the burn is larger than 3 centimetres.
15: Hi, Kirk Pengilly from Excess here. And whether it's music, sweet things, puppies, movies, we all love our treats. But our eyes need treating too. 300,000 Australians, including me, are affected by glaucoma. Diagnosed early, glaucoma can be managed. Left undiagnosed, it can cause blindness. So treat yourself by treating your eyes to a simple test. Book your test at treatyoureyes.org.au today.
9: Welcome back to Northport Oval on the Wharf Radio. Match of the day between Port Melbourne and the Southern Saints. The Saints so far are blowing their opposition out of the water. A sensational first term coming there from the away side. We've just been blown away. Obviously, they're fast starter Southern Saints, but to do it, they did it against Hawthorne last week, but then to be able to do it again against Port Melbourne, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, and
10: Port are, it's fair to say, Port are a level or two above Hawthorne. So to be able to do it against such a quality side is a good sign for the yeah. Saints and their fans alike uh,
11: bodes well bodes well absolutely yeah. that, that they're capable of
10: you know take coming on
11: into the home side's ground really taking them on taking the game up to them right away it's you know a lot of lot of um, time left in this game though, so they're just going to yeah. want that consistency of effort. I think it's what it's about. Do this next quart- um next few quarters. Interesting to see what sort of adjustments, if any, that uh, Lockie Harris and the Port side uh, make. Of course, I think they'll just give it themselves more of a chance. I think to. And- just try to win it out the middle. I think that's where it's crucial. Just try and use yeah. that to build on that repeat pressure. Lock the ball in. Try to turn the tables on the Saints a little bit more. But yeah. um, they've got their work cut out for them. That's for yeah. sure.
10: They've got they've got the talent in the side. They've just got to probably rejig a few things because what they were doing in that first quarter was clearly not working. So they've got yeah got to maybe yeah. Although um, Cat Smith was up, was definitely one of their best in that opening quarter. They've got to utilise yeah. her more and then connect with the likes of um, M Harley who yep. who is very good but hasn't had
9: the chance to show that at this level yet so. yep. and the yeah. Southern Saints made their way to their positions a lot earlier than Port Melbourne so who yep. knows if that's telling so for this second term taking you through for the first bounce will be Neil Butler
2: thank you Lauren and great to be here at Port Melbourne thankfully that sun's gone behind a cloud so we can actually we've got no excuse now <laughs> we get the players names wrong now although it is going to come out again in a moment but umpire uh, just waiting for people to get off the ground. Uh, it's a glorious thing to see five or 600 people here watching a game of VFLW footy. We start off with a very small crowd, but it's growing. I think it's those hamburgers. Ball is going up the 216s. It is Hines against Wilson. Ball spills to the ground, as you'd expect it to do, because gravity does that. Ball kicked forward by the borough. This is a bit more of a positive starting point. Going out onto the half forward flank, chasing the ball is. I can never say her name, you know what I'm saying. Brent Brent- Thank you, Brent Catasano, is exactly what I'm trying to say. I get stumbled over one of the syllables. Thankfully, the ball's going nowhere. It's hand-passed, about three people had a hand-passed and hasn't gone out. The umpire surely is going to call something, uh, and he does. He comes in right on the zero in the 50 at the boroughs attacking end of the ground. They're kicking to the Williamstown Road or Bob Bennett end of the ground.
9: So it's now in Port Melbourne's forward 50, just alongside the line there. They've got a chance here to go forward, still searching for their first goal of the day. But not much happening there, and the umpire will come in and it'll have another ball up. Maybe this time on the five of yep. the 50. So just, just slightly like, to of the left. Move. To yep. So the ball will go up, and it's the Saints who were able to tap it down. But running onto it there from Port was um, Smith. So it goes into the Port's forward 50. Beautiful math there. Taken by, looks like, Harley.
2: And Wilson's going to go and tell tell her teammates, no, that's exactly what I was aiming to do, (laughs) even though she wasn't. So (laughs) Harley's
9: in a tough position here, though. She's on the boundary line, so she'll have to curve it round a little bit, but she'll definitely be going towards
10: goal. It's a very good kick, so even with the tough angle, I'll back her in here. So it's
9: Harley who leans in. She just toe-pokes it through, and she toe-pokes it straight through the middle. The crowd goes up here. The home side puts on their first goal of the day it's Emily Harley's 10th goal of the season and it's the goal that Port Melbourne really needed Katie
11: absolutely absolutely perfect start there by the home side Harley outstanding coming off a four goal performance last week knew exactly what she was doing there with that kick perfectly slotted um yeah, you just want to get that ball moving a little bit more quicker. there. You can't allow it to get bogged down, sort of just and lost in the flank, sort of thing. Just try and, you know, keep it as quick as possible. Just try break up the play. Get it on your terms. I think that's what, uh, that, I think that has to be the message from uh, Lockie Harris for his side.
2: So the ball tapped down by Hines, but running on it this time for the borough, coming out towards the wing, running towards us. It looks like it might be Jade Anthony. She overruns the ball. No, in fact, it was Borg. Umpire's going to say she held her opponent out of it, and the crowd don't like that very much. And we think that this is uh, Rebecca Neves with the ball. They've changed the jumper numbers just to annoy us. Ball is on the 50 zone for the uh, Saints. Great hand pass out, but uh, good defensive work by the... Borough coming through now it is Anthony Anthony's hand pass ends up coming across further, she kept running, this time it's Anthony again, she couldn't control it, she does now, that's going to be a throw, umpire says no, she tried, so that's okay ball now going back inland, it is Kearns, Cairns, Kearns, to take your pick, uh, in the centre it is kick now forward by the Borough, inside 50, great kick couldn't hold the mark, that time it was, uh, rep- no it wasn't in fact it was Richards trying to mark the ball but the umpire says no, play on, on a free kick
9: so Hines sends the ball out wide, and she's intercepted there. Fantastic intercept there. Taken from Sophie Locke. So she can bring the ball back Port Melbourne's way. she's got it, sent it to a 2v1 for a teammate there in Harley. So gets taken out by the Southern Saints, but they can't quite get it out of their danger zone. Instead, the ball's scrapping along the ground, 20 metres out from Port Melbourne's goal. Able to just grab the ball there was Richards, and she couldn't do anything with the ball, though, before being taken to ground. And the umpire will run in for a ball up. 15 metres out from Port Melbourne's goal one
2: of the things I've noticed um, in in this quarter Port Melbourne just seemed to be pushing the ball forward that kick that wilson did that ended up with harley kicked forward now at goal by port melbourne by uh, was saxon jones i think who had a shot and missed but i think it's it seems to be get the ball forward at all costs this quarter what do you think
11: yeah just trying to grind just trying mm. to grind their way forward it may not be always the prettiest on the eye but it's yeah it's definitely effective in the in this early going
9: for sure So it's Francesca Hocking. It goes for a little bit of a run. She kicks the ball long, but she finds her opposition. So it'll be Port Melbourne here who are giving the Saints a little bit of the taste of their own medicine from the first quarter, and they'll go forward here. Looking up there for Saxon Jones, she couldn't hold on to it. It goes over her head, and the Saints are able to clean up a little bit here. Lucy Burke has the ball. She's able to find her target and give the Saints just a chance to steady a little bit just on their half-back line. Again, the lot for the short kick, and although running onto it there and trying to get bit of an intercept was Matt Catasano for Port Melbourne she wasn't quite able to so it's still in the safe hands of the Saints going more towards a pack here on the outer side of the ground it'll flirt with the boundary line it'll fall over the boundary line and it should be a throw in five minutes into this second term at South North Port Oval
2: yeah and thanks for giving me the one that's the furthest possible distance away love your work on that we've got the two sixteens. it's Wilson and it is Hines. Ball tapped down by Beans, Means, Hines. Ball tapped forward, running towards it, not able to control it, it was Bromwich as the ball rolls out in front of her and will do it all over again. Just in front of the coaches' boxes on the other side of the ground. If you're watching the video stream, you are to see those coaches' boxes there that are sometimes used by broadcasters, but uh, these days not so much by the uh, by the coaches, given that they've got the uh, new facility over here. Free kick actually paid to the Saints there. I'm not sure what for. Maybe
10: it was like a lasso or last touch on it. Don't, yeah, it, right. was, it was punched
2: out of the ruck, though, I thought. Anyway, it, it's a free kick nonetheless. Um, ball on the wing, picked up this time by Bren Catasano. There you go. I got it out and into the centre, and that's a very, very good mark by Locke. She's been good.
9: She's been taking some strong marks, Sophie Locke, and she's been pretty helpful in getting this ball inside 50. But just dropping the ball there for the Southern Saints was banned behind. That could prove costly at the moment because they're swarming Port Melbourne. Saints able to get a couple of hands onto it and the ball not able to move very far. Free kick. But the umpire's coming there and he'll give a free kick for being caught high and that free kick will go into the hands of Richards. So it's Ashley Richards who'll have the ball here. She'll kick for goal 25 metres out, just slightly to the right.
11: Port just utilising that corridor there coming right through the middle just to try and
9: manufacture a chance as the kick comes in. So Ashley Richards sends it high, but she also sends it right So it'll be another behind there for Port Melbourne. And
10: just adding to what you were saying, Katie, they're able to get a chain of handballs going at the moment, which is is good to see uh, compared to what they were able to do in the first quarter. And they're getting space and making the most of it.
2: Good kick that time by Peck, brought it out onto the halfback flank. Burke, who's been quite prominent, that is of the Lucy variety, kicks the ball forward and finds her teammate there, can't tell you who it is, could have been another, the other Burke, it could be Ellis I think out there, it's been hard to see from this distance, Ball is uh, rolling around in the centre the players trying to reach down and get it, it's a bit of a scramble, umpires letting it go which is what we like to see, we don't like them blowing the whistle too early and he's now going to come in and have a crack at it, scoreboard reads Southern Saints 3-3 21, Port 1 goal 3-9, it's a two goal lead at the 7 minute mark of the second quarter to the Saints and they are going forward as we speak
9: so it's the Saints with a chance here. An absolute strong run coming in through there for the Saints. Beautiful take there from Curley. He's able to get the ball and she goes for a run. Gets a hand pass across to Carnes, who's taken by Port Melbourne. And they'll be able to use that to go forward here. And they'll take the ball. But again, another turnover in the Saints. Sticking strong a little bit there. And they'll go forward this time. They'll try and push for their second time in a minute. But again, it's taken by Port Melbourne. It'll be Port Melbourne, who is staying strong in defence this quarter. A little bit different to the first term. he will start to move their way out and it'll be taken by Bran Catasano, who's been very busy in defence for the home side and very crucial so far this quarter. So she'll send it into the middle of the ground and it'll be into the Saints who, again, and just another turnover there. The Saints, little tap there, little push going back into the hands of Alice Burke. Very smartly done. Doesn't gain too much ground. If anything, it's Port Melbourne now running onto It is Richard. She's paddling it forward a little bit, but she can't gain clean position. Running around there is Keyes, who tries to get her hand on it. But it's the Saints who, again, they've got a chance to go forward. Nice little handy push there from McLean, who gets it to oh. her teammate. Her teammate's taken by Bromwich, who pulls her down, calls the umpire, and says that must have been incorrect disposal. But the umpire just lets the game play on and it'll be going there to Knees. Knees sends it forward into the Saints, forward 50. There's just Port Melbourne players around there, and one of those is McClellan. She'll be able to gather this and just get it out. She makes 15 metres of ground, but it goes straight into the hands of the Southern Saints.
2: I think it might be Salidus out there and she's going to kick the inside 50. She's looking for a teammate out there in uh, Bohanna. All I want to do is wake up in the morning and see her eyes. Bohanna kicks the ball forward, this time the Saints rolling through. This time Kais is standing in line and she comes through with that very distinctive left foot kick and finds her teammate there in Catasano, who's certainly uh, earning her keep today. She's got the ball at centre-half back, brings it out wider still. Looking for a teammate. It's a really good mark there by Molan. And uh, Molan inside 50, but strong hands under pressure from her uh, her uh, opponent in Curley. Ball goes down to the wing, goes through the hands of a few players. Running onto it now is Burke. Alice Burke's been pretty good. Ball goes across into the centre, and in the centre she will find her teammate wearing the number 51 jumper, in Talia Meyer.
9: So it's Meyer who gets it out wide into the hands of DeAngelis She's also able to just slot A kick over to her teammate on the outer side of the ground, just in front of the scoreboard here.
2: Cap Salva says she's run inside 50 by herself. She's come off the bench.
9: So she's running, she's free, but she's just about to get picked up slightly. (laughs) Getting the ball there is Harris. She's wrapped up as well. The ball's brought to ground. The Southern Saints forward 50. Again, the umpire just lets play go on until he's forced to intervene. We'll have a ball up 30 metres out from Port Melbourne's goals, from Southern Saints goals, Sorry.
2: Right in front of the new Social Club facility. Well, it's not new anymore. It's about three years old, but it was new three years ago. Ball inside um, 50. Free kick being paid to the Saints here. Might have been a bit enthusiastic. The uh, tackler, the tackler, it looks like it might have been McClelland. Not terribly happy with the decision. That's either.
10: It looked uh, like it was given for high contact.
2: Yeah. It's either Robert Harvey or it's Capsalis, one or the other. I think it might be Capsalis. Wearing the number 35 jumper. teammate trying to get behind trying to get past and get the hand pass running past but it doesn't matter because she's got the distance she's got the distance she's got the accuracy and uh yibbida yibbida, that is a great goal to uh that was uh, a kicking that goal and that's the goal that the saints needed to bring it back to uh the 18 point lead they had four goals 327 the southern saints and port melbourne one goal three nine we've played 11 minutes and at Katie, uh, great kick there off the boot.
11: Absolutely, looked like she was trying to give it off or look for a, a shorter lead, but just backed herself in and yeah. slotted it home perfectly. Yeah. Just has a great ability to convert, and an important important time for that goal in this game as our well. port have just been sort of pushing, 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 but the Saints have just have been really been able to stand firm and have a goal to show for it. More importantly,
10: I've mm. just got a few around the ground scores for everyone. Geelong have widened the gap back out. 32 plays Essendon 10. North Melbourne have finally scored, but they're still uh, they're still way behind. Collingwood 34 plays seven. Um yeah.
2: Which is which is good news for the Saints as well because we talked about North being the team right behind them. So yeah. um, that's you know given the Saints look like they're on track to potentially win this game. North Melbourne lose that opens that gap up. Percentage wise, mm. as well as uh, an extra four points. So, yeah.
10: and I was saying earlier they needed to play a lot better than they did last week, and it's not looking like it at the moment.
9: So, it's three goals the margin here at Northport Oval. Port Melbourne trying to do something about that. Saxon Jones was in and amongst it, but she just sent the ball straight up into the air, straight into the hands of Southern Saints. So, again, they'll look to go wide. Dangerous <laughs> kick, dangerous kick. And at the bottom there was Bailey. For Port Melbourne, very dangerous kick there from the Southern Saints. And, G's. Port Melbourne have a chance now to make them pay for that. Bailey streaming in there with the intercept mark. And she'll take a kick 20 metres out, slightly to the right.
2: 600 other people at the ground could see her, and she couldn't.
9: Yeah, defending 101, you don't kick across goal in your defensive 50. It sure is, and Bailey makes no mistake about making the Southern Saints pay for that error there she puts on the goal and it's Port Melbourne starting potentially to make a little bit of a comeback here in the second term on their home ground at Northport. it's Port Melbourne 2-3-15 trailing the Southern Saints 4-3-27.
11: I don't mind the intent there in a way I don't mind the the aim of just trying to switch play and try to open up that far side open up the wing but there were numbers there there were three other Saints just sort of lurking around but excellent excellent sort of Contest, okay. excellent sort of work there from Bailey to, to make them pay, make them big time pay for that mistake. Uh, and you know, consider- continue on though. Yeah. Sorry,
10: and considering where it was on the ground, it was probably a good move, but just too close to their defensive goal. If they were a couple of metres further up, it might not have been so costly, but uh, definitely.
2: As, as my former colleague, uh, uh, the great Paul Hooper used to say, if you're going to switch it, make sure you hit your teammate. Fairly good advice, I would have thought. Ball inside the 50 zone for the Saints, and there's gonna be a shot at goal here. It's gonna be Annalisa Harris, according to our very best guess. We're in number 41. We have had a number of jumper changes. So if it sounds like we're not terribly knowledgeable, uh, we're blaming the jumper numbers. So it is Harris. She would be 37.8 meters out on a reasonably slight angle. She should be able to uh, slot this if she gets onto it well. Comes in, she's pretty confident, you can tell by the way she's moving in. Comes in, goes bang, and it fades. So a behind takes the Saints on to 4-4-28. Port Melbourne 2-3-15, that is a 13-point no, lead to the Saints at the 14-and-a-half-minute mark of the second quarter. Here is Lauren.
9: So it's McLaren who will run out and she'll take that full-back kick for... Port Melbourne but again the play gets intercepted really great work there done by Stewart from the Southern Saints. Bromange is doing her best there for Port Melbourne. She's on the ground she's in and amongst it and she's locking the ball down there and oh. the umpire will come in and almost surprisingly he's called the holding the ball call there against uh, C- Capsalis from Southern Saints so Bromage gets reward for a bit of her hard work there although prior opportunity might have been questionable but the ball will send straight into the middle and the Saints will just
2: Bohanna
9: It's Bohanna again. The Saints will cut that off straight in the centre of the ground and they'll go for that switch kick into the middle of the ground. This one, another dangerous kick, but this time it sticks and it sticks in the hands of Neves.
2: So Neves takes the ball out on the half-forward flank. Saints are in good position here to run onto it. If you can just find the handle running onto it, it is Rapari. Uh, Can't quite control the ball. It's bouncing around inside 50. That might have been taking the legs out. umpire said no, play on's the call. Ball picked up not quite. This time the Saints fumbling around with it inside forward 50. Good defense that time by Anton Anthony and the ball is kicked forward, touched and rolls out of bounds for a throw-in. Right. If you were standing having a beer in the social club, you'd have a very, very good spot to watch this particular contest.
9: You sure would. The lights are coming on here at Northport Oval. It was sunny and we thought we'd have to pull out the sunscreen at the start of the match, but geez, it's starting to look a little bit ominous now and a little bit of rain could come down in this second half of the match. So the Saints still look to lock it inside their forward 50, and try and go again. The ball spills out a little bit. Port Melbourne jumping in and amongst it. A few hands on the ball. A lot of traffic following the ball throughout this match at the moment. And the umpire could look to come in here and call something, and he lets the play go. It's moving like a rugby scrum at the moment for a seconds on end, but the umpire will come in.
2: Now, now umpire 24's footwork there, beautiful, wasn't it? I'd, I'd pay money to see that at a ballet. He was beautiful the way he moved there.
9: Looking for the call up, maybe the AFLW ranks next next year. At number twenty-four umpire. So yep. the ball falls to ground from that throw up. Doesn't move very far, and we'll have another throw in from this number twenty-four umpire. He, he,
2: he runs the big the big arc and goes side to side. If you stood still, he'd still be able to see it and wouldn't wear himself out as much. I wouldn't have thought. Kick forward that time by uh, the player there in Harley, and. Uh, She's taken the ball out further. McDonald picks it up on the wing. She's tackled very quickly. She's in all sorts. Gets the hand pass out eventually, which was good work on her part. But it's coming out the other way. Ends up in the hands now of uh, Stewart. Stewart kicks the ball inside 50, and she... Oh! oh, then You can hear it through the effects, Mike. The uh, player, the person behind us, thought it was in the back. Play on was the call. That's all that matters. And a good mark taken by the pastor in Priest.
9: Some strong marks being taken by Southern Saints, and Priest has been one of them who's had strong hands and a strong foot. Goes in there, and it's Port Melbourne who are able to gather a little bit. Kick gets taken out. Again, another intercept. Great kick there going over by Capsala. She puts it on the boot, but the umpire will come in, and he'll pay a free kick. I
2: have like the game that Wilson's played. Big big player, moved really well. Got the kick that got the first goal for them. Uh, has done, uh, Has done pretty well
9: free kick means it'll stay in the hands of Port Melbourne they're a long way from home they've got two minutes to try and get a goal here and just bring back that margin they're currently trailing 4-4-28-2-3-15 a couple minutes left in this second term here and Northport over the ball in the hands of Anthony she goes into the center of the ground a dangerous kick there and an intercept mark there taken by Hannah Stewart she pops it up to the top of the goal square. She's got a teammate there. It was a 1v3 or 4. she
13: actually barked it.
9: Bloody hell. But geez, you can hear the crowd. And the crowd tells the story. And that mark there was taken by Bohanna.
13: Bohanna.
9: So Bohanna will line up here, 12 meters out from home.
2: She's been a, a monster up there, hasn't she? Just taking great grabs.
9: So Bohanna makes her run in. She shouldn't miss from here. Pops it on the boot. And it goes over the umpire's head. And it's Bohanna who kicks Port Melbourne's third goal of the day and Bohanna's second of the day. Yeah. What Lo- did you make of that Yeah, goal, lovely
10: Ali? kick from Bohanna there. <laughs> I must admit, at first I wasn't sure whether she'd actually marked it, but she's plucking miracles out of thin air at the moment. That's at least the second time there's been like a two-on-one or a three-on-one and she's been able to outmark her opponent and score the goal.
9: So it's the Southern Saints now, 5-4, 34, leading Port Melbourne, 2-3, 15, building a bit of a buffer here with a minute and a half left to go in this second term.
2: One of the things about a player like Bohanna, though, is, you know, players get tired, but they don't get shorter, do they? And when you're going to take marks like that, it's, uh, it's pretty handy.
9: So it's Brent Katasana who's able to pull the ball out from the middle and it looks like she'll get the free kick here for holding. Port Melbourne rushing a little bit here. They know time's against them, just a minute and 20 seconds left and this second term and G's a goal will be pretty handy for the home side right now. So a long ball in, straight inside the 50. Big pack, players go out and the ball goes to ground but it's the Saints who come out winners and they've got the ball here and they pop it up. Oh. Two plays there, Port Melbourne, not enough communication there that might just cause that ball to go to the ground. And as the rain starts falling down here at Northport Oval, the siren sounds for half time. It's the home side, 2-3-15 trailing the Southern Saints, 5-4-34. Katie, what did you think?
11: Yeah, Port just have uh, Port just haven't had much answers. Unfortunately, to the Saints, to the Saints' run, really the Saints' ability just to sort of, you know, work behind the jab a little bit more using the sort of a boxing term. Just were able to get what they, you know, just were able to get the game back on their terms. Whenever the Saint, whenever Port just tried to get some momentum going, Saints were just able to slow things down, re re I guess reassess and then go forward. And they've made. They've taken advantage of it, they've you know, reinstated their buffer, keeping, keeping themselves ahead in this game and they, they're looking very good to take all four points.
9: And Ali, Southern Saints, they were leading by 20 points at quarter time, now it's just 19 at half time, it's just the one point less. What did you make then of Port Melbourne's performance in that second term?
10: One thing I, I did like from Port was the defensive pressure seemed to improve from where it was in the first quarter. Yep. And. It, hasn't quite worked out. The Saints have had a lot of answers for what Port have thrown at them but if they can just build on that again and see where that can take them in that in the second half I wouldn't wouldn't count Port Melbourne out of the match just yet but yeah, it was a great first half there from the Saints.
9: And so it was, uh, what was it, it was two goals two to the Southern Saints, uh, sorry to Port Melbourne that term and two goals one to the Southern Saints. So despite, I guess I would have thought, looking at that, that Port Melbourne came out probably quite strongly in that second term. We thought they might have started to make a run for it. But then it was the Southern Saints that were able to just quell that a little bit. Who did you see kind of as some of those key people either side?
11: Um, Boana. Like, I think there's no yeah. other Boana. Absolutely, absolutely. Hannah Priest was just able to think to take, have some good touches, get some, you know, just to sort of steady the play out for her side when it mattered the most. Port just haven't had any consistency to their game. Just more broadly, they they've had decent patches where they've been able to get forward, put some pressure on, but they just haven't been able to sustain that in any way, and that's been right. the difference,
10: but I think. Those tall players like Ebahanos, your priests, have been absolutely crucial in being able to intercept Port's kicks as they're coming out of Port's defensive 50. So if Port is somehow able to like lock them down and quell their influence bit like what Casey did to Pott's tall targets a couple of weeks ago. Yep. That'll help them quite a bit, I think.
9: And Neil, you mentioned the tall players don't get tall, but some players get tired. What about the rain? Is that going to make an impact on the tall players? Well, uh,
2: you'd, you'd think it would, but uh, having seen Heinz and uh, Bohanna play down at Geelong in the Arctic conditions described earlier, they, they were freakish that day, as were the Geelong Talls as well. So I, I think the important thing when you have a game, game like this where it started in what you would describe as sunny, warm conditions and now it's cold and wet, the value of being three goals in front at quarter time can't be under, understated in my mind. I think that's going to be really important. I think I've been really pleased also with the game of, uh, of Elizabeth Wilson playing in the ruck for Port both both her and Hines and Bahana obviously down in the forward line but around the ground I think Wilson's been really really good as well I think there's some players in the port side who I've not been disappointed with that's unfair but you know that I think could lift and we haven't seen enough I think of lasoski Hay I think she could lift uh, I think the captain uh, in Melissa Kyes we haven't seen much of her either Bromwich started pretty well I think she could lift again and if you look at those players they're people who move the ball yeah. right yeah. and I think that's where the Southern States have done their homework they've slowed that game down and the game that we thought, talked about earlier in the game where you guys all pick Port... <laughs> <No laughs> so I just dropped that in. Um, ..was around their running game. And the Saints have seemingly been able to slow that down, and that's where I think the Saints have, have done their homework really well. The Burks have also been really good for the Saints, in my mind.
10: Yeah. And you, sorry, Lauren, you mentioned Hey, how, how many... How many of us mentioned her as like a key player to watch per game? You did, Neil. Katie, you did. I'm pretty sure. Did yes, you? Did, did you, Lauren? I didn't mention that, but.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she yes, she, yes, she's <laughs> asking. Yes, you did. Yes, <laughs> of course you did. Yeah. So,
10: yeah, the fact that I don't know, we don't think you guys have called her name once yet. So that's yeah. that's telling in my mind. Yeah.
2: You'd know because we'd stumble... Up. No, I did stumble over in the first quarter. I always get that uh, She messes it up. she kept stumbling
9: on Brand Catasano, though.
2: Yeah, no, I've got past that one.
9: Well, yes, Brand Catasano has been very good in this second term. I think she was quite strong there for Port in defence. We'll take a break here on the Wharf Radio Match of the Day. At the moment, it's the Southern Saints 5-4-34, leading their higher-ranked opponent, Port Melbourne, 2-3-15. Back after this.
14: Draft Central is entering a new era, covering all the state leagues... From the VFLW, Waffle WaffleW and QuaffleW as well as their primary focus, the NAB League girls, Draft Central has you covered when it comes to all you need to know about the future stars of the AFL women's. Draft Central, brought to you by Rookie Me, is now on YouTube so be sure to subscribe at Draft Central as well as on our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages at Draft Central Oz.
5: Been playing for a while Sweet Kicks Cause footy makes you smile Sweet Kicks football If you're getting ready for the trials Gotta go the extra mile Sweet Kicks football Not always hearing
6: that sweet sound when you kick the ball? Need to develop your footwork or explosive speed? Want to take the next step in your footy career? Then you need Sweet Kicks. More info on our Facebook page, or go to our website, sweetkicksfootballacademy.com.au. Gotta go
5: the extra mile. Sweet Kicks football.
0: Its enemies is winning gold. Hey, I'm Anna Mears. Winning gold at the Olympics was an incredible feeling, and having my biggest rival, who I'd just beaten, ride up next to me and lift my hand in victory topped off an amazing moment. We'd had our fair share of clashes over the years, but in the end, we both respected each other, and that's what really counts in sport. Be gracious in victory and in defeat. To keep your sport inclusive, safe and fair, go to playbytherules.net.au.
3: We are the Australian Literacy and Numeracy Foundation, striving to empower our most marginalised communities through literacy and education. Literacy is having a voice. Literacy is opportunity. Literacy is dreaming big. Literacy is freedom. Today, you can help end inequality and give every child access to our life-changing and proven literacy programs. Your support is vital. Donate now at ALNF.org.
8: How often should you wash your hands?
3: Maybe around nine times a day.
8: Four? Like twenty? Maybe twice a day, whenever they feel dirty. When should you wash your hands?
4: After you touch some raw meat. And before starting to eat? At the beginning. I wash my hands before preparing food.
8: How would you rate your knowledge of food safety? Probably like an eight out of ten. Six or seven. 7.5? Learn more at foodsafety.asn.au slash food safety training. Food safety, it's in your hands. If you've had something stolen,
1: or if you've had property damaged, you need the police, not the sirens. If you've lost something, or found something valuable,
8: or if you want to register a party, or let us know you're going away on holiday, you need the police, not the sirens. When you need the police,
9: but not the sirens, you can now report these incidents online at police.vic.gov.au, or call 131
2: Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. There are plenty of classic hits radio stations, but this is where GoRadio.live is different. We unashamedly select the best music from our chosen era. We develop programs that provide the music with minimal interruption. For many hours of the day, you won't hear any announcers, just great music and the occasional station ID. We let the music play through until the end. No crossfades and no announcers talking over the start and end of tracks. We think you're going to love GoRadio.Live radio as it should be. Check it out at www.goradio.live or download the free app from Google Play or the App Store.
10: I was lucky that when I picked up the phone that day
5: to call my best friend, that he answered.
8: Despite almost every Australian knowing someone who has been affected by suicide, we still don't talk about it. Lifeline Australia's new podcast, Holding On To Hope, shares stories of survivors and the connections made to find the hope to keep living. Because when we talk about suicide, we realise our capacity to support those around us. Holding On To Hope. lifeline.org.au forward slash podcast.
15: Hi, Kirk Pingilly from InXS here. And whether it's music, sweet things, puppies, movies, we all love our treats. But our eyes need treating too. 300,000 Australians, including me, are affected by glaucoma. Diagnosed early, glaucoma can be managed. Left undiagnosed, it can cause blindness. So treat yourself by treating your eyes to a simple test. Book your test at treatyoureyes.org.au
1: today. No business wants to throw money away. But did you know sending resources to landfill can be more expensive than recycling them? Planet Arc's free business recycling service can kickstart your workplace recycling journey, help you find the right recycling solutions and give you a competitive edge. Join the one million Australians using business recycling to keep valuable resources in circulation. Visit businessrecycling.com.au. It's just good business.
0: Hi, this is Missy Higgins for Rad, recording artists, actors and athletes against drink driving. I see a lot of things at gigs, mostly people having a good time and a few drinks, but what I'd hate to see is someone getting behind the wheel after they'd been drinking. Being even a little bit over the limit makes it too easy to lose control. So if you plan to drink, plan ahead. Arrange a designated driver who won't drink. Remember, music lives and you should too.
4: Winter has really set in. Time for hot drinks, warm soups, a relaxing bath and cranking up the heater. Did you know that all these things present a burn hazard for children? In fact, 79% of burns happen in the home. Visit kidsafe.com.au to download the free burn safety checklist and get some essential tips for keeping kids safe in your home. And remember, when a burn occurs, apply cool running water for at least 20 minutes. No oil, butter, ointments or ice. Always seek medical advice if the burn is larger than 3 centimetres.
9: Welcome back to a Wharf Radio. We're here at Northport Oval watching Port Melbourne and the Southern Saints. At the moment, it's the Southern Saints with full ascendancy here, 5-4-34. They're leading Port Melbourne 2-3-15. You're listening to us on Wharf Radio as well as on the VFLW live stream. You'll also be able to hear from the team at Wharf Radio tonight when they do the match down there along the beach again, Williamstown v Casey starting at 6 p.m. for the 7 p.m. Uh, first bounce. I'm Lauren Borden, joining me in the boundary, in the boundary, in the commentary box today. Everyone's moved off the boundary. The rain started to come down, so down. So everyone's in the grandstand with us. Joining us here is Neil Butler on his Wharf Radio debut. And no, then, twice. Oh, twice. No. I thought it was your debut. Oh, no, I
2: came in for the finals last year.
9: Oh, there we go. Well, yeah. no, 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 your Wharf Radio debut with me.
2: Yeah, that's it. Um, that's what it's really. It's the, it's the Lauren debut. <laughs>
9: it's the Lauren, yeah, Lauren and Neil debut <laughs> yeah. with Katie and Ali on special comments. And, geez, the rain starting to come down a lot now, and something I noticed, again, we've seen the Southern Saints, first on the field, first quarter, second quarter, and again, they were out here a good five minutes before Port Melbourne's made their way out, just doing a bit of drills, just getting making sure they had the hands right, doing the old ball rolling along the ground and picking it up. And I think that's something we've shown. We mentioned the Priest uh, priest a little bit. She's had some strong hands and strong skills. How have you seen, you know, Southern Saints' skills probably been something that's been holding them in high regard so far?
10: Yeah, apart from certain passages in that second quarter, I think Overall, the Southern Saints skills have been better than ports because they've been able to have those link-up handballs and find the space and have kicks that actually end up in their,
9: their targets. A few coach kills in there. There was the switch kick across that didn't quite pay off for them now. But what do you think the message there was from Port Melbourne at halftime? What do they need to do just to get themselves back in their game? They're not far off it. It's only 19 points the margin. Um. As the siren. We've got a siren going out. Sounds a bit like a fire alarm. Yes. Fire
10: alarm
9: yeah. Let's okay, let's it is a fire alarm that's going out, yeah, but and not the one great, person has moved. And the great
2: thing about being where we are is we're directly below the siren. <laughs> it could not be any further.
9: We can't miss it. It's alert, alert, and not one person is on alert, so we'll keep going on here as Port Melbourne... It's
2: woken Peter Holden up.
9: <laughs> I think it's woken Everard up here. Yeah.
2: Um. I think the other thing, too, um, if you look at the weather conditions, how they've changed in the in the break that we've just had, um, I think the, the, the coming out a few minutes earlier, just acclimatise yourself, and play around with the ball with it being wet, get your hands wet. There's nothing worse I would have thought than if you're out there and suddenly you get wet when you're trying to pick up the ball. I think it's a a sensible move. For
9: sure, for sure. I agree. I highly regard that from um, Southern Saints coach Dale Robinson getting the squad out there early and they're back into their huddles now. Both teams are in their huddles as we look towards this second half and Southern Saints, you think they could keep going on but they have been tested a little bit in areas. What do you think will be the message for them what they need to continue to do? Oh, that's better. (laughs) <laughs> As the
11: siren, well, stops alarm at the alarm stops <laughs> like alarm. Uh, uh, Yeah, honestly, I think it's just a matter of, um, for the for the Saints, it's more just sort of continuing on what you were doing. You know, that you can affect the flow of the game, just sort of, you know, adjust the speed of the game to the tempo that you need to. The rain is going to make it interesting. The rain is definitely going to make it, I think, a bit more attritional. So it's just a matter of continue that contest work. You know what? get the ball forward, get it on your boot, you have the tools, you have the uh, around the ground to actually focus to focus and just straighten up the, the side when they need a target going forward as well. So yeah, I think as if the rank continues I think it's going to make it harder and harder for Port to work themselves back in.
2: I think if I was if I was Lockie Harris, I'd be trying to, uh, the ground is a small ground. I mean, we can see that it's a small ground the 50 metre line almost touches the square I reckon I'd be trying to spread as far as possible and open the game yep. up as much mm, as you possibly yep. can. It was really, really congested, particularly in that second quarter in the forward line for Port. I'd be looking at that.
9: The Southern Saints have done well to really force that congestion, though they knew that they needed to do that for Port Melbourne. Yep. And so far they've executed that plan quite well. So the umpire will signal for the start of this second half, and it's Neil Butler on play-by-play.
2: It is Liz Wilson and Beans means Hines. ball comes down. No, in fact, it wasn't. It was uh, Hannah Stewart. Uh, I beg your pardon. It was uh, Cleo Saxon-Jones in the ruck. Gave us a chance to find out what number it was. They're going to do it again. So they've already swung a move. They've put uh, uh, Saxon-Jones into the ruck. No, this time um, Hines... Wilson is back, so it must have just been a one-off. Free kick being paid. It's going to be paid to the borough and it will be a free kick literally in the centre of the ground. Driving forward it looks like it might be, um, was it Smith?
9: Yeah, it's Cat Smith. So it's Smith who sends the ball along. It's Port Melbourne that are kicking to the left hand side of your radio dial towards the new club rooms here that were built about three years ago. So it'll be inside the forward 50 there for Port Melbourne. They've started this quarter exactly like they would have liked. They've got a little bit to make up here. So it's on the 50 at the moment. So a few kicks needed to get in there. Sophie lock has got it and she sends it to the top of the goal square. Nice kick there. It bounces, but it bounces through the right-hand side. So it'll just be a point there, but a real penetrating kick there from Sophie Locke. How have they started so far? Katie?
11: A bit more urgency, which is positive. Um, that's what I think they've been lacking. You just need that be switched on right from that first bounce and looks like that in the early exchanges so far but the Saints just been, you know at the moment here holding possession finding each other just li- just these passes up and down it's really good to see
2: So a bit of a push there free kick being paid to uh, the Saints. It's going to uh, Annalisa Harris who's wearing 41, even though we thought she'd wear number 7. That's just to confuse you if you're wondering, watching this on the screen. Ball spills over the back. Saints have got the ball. Kick it inside 50. That's just a silly kick because she had a one-on-one and she put it to the advantage of the Port Melbourne player and that might have been um, McDonald maybe? Doesn't matter. It's gone now. It's uh, coming out and the ball is down the hands of Borg.
9: It's Borg who's got it, but Southern Saints look dangerous in that passage, although not able to make the most of that passage of play. So Borg will go backwards, and it's just her teammate there. So while it's a dangerous kick, it's fine, because Anthony's able to run onto it, and she gets the kick, and she gets it out of the well, not quite out of the 50, kick. because it's just cut off there by Bohanna. She's been cutting it off all day. Bo it's Bohanna again, who on the 50, she opts for the short kick, and she's able to center it and find Alice Burke. She doesn't gain too much ground, but she gains a little bit on the angle. So Alice Burke is looking for a few leads coming from her teammates. One there was oh, coming hands. from Harris, and Harris is the one she spots, and Harris is the one that holds on to it. So it'll be Harris here who will be taking a kick here from 30 metres out on a slight angle.
2: She had McLaren right there, but really strong hands, Katie.
9: Yeah, absolutely, and... So positive
11: for the Saints that they're not blazing away, they're lowering the ice, looking forward, trying to hit up a target, some good forward movement as well, allowing for that as well. Then Port just
9: aren't able to keep up and just try to track that, it's just too hard. So Harris will put it on the boot, looks like she's got the distance, it'll go high. The arms of the Southern Saints fans go up, and the arms of the players go up as well because it is the full six points there for Harris. So Southern Saints just extending their lead a little bit more here to start the third term. It's the Southern Saints 6-4-40, leading Port Melbourne 2-4-16. Very quick start there, Ali. Yeah, it was looking like Port were getting the early ascendancy and
10: the early opportunity, but then yeah, the Saints were able to make the most of it and position themselves well down the ground and find that space in the kick and yeah, the strong mark from Harris and who converts in the end.
2: It was just that mistake again, though, wasn't it? I think it was Anthony who, they did the right thing with switching. Anthony's kicked it to Bahamut. You know, there were two or three other players out there she could have gone with, and she chose the opposition player. Harley uh, gets on her bike, see what I did, and kicks the ball inside 50. That should be a free kick, and it will be. Had her arms chopped, the uh, Port Melbourne player. And I'll tell you who it is when she turns around. It's my girl, Elizabeth Wilson, who's been really good today. Looks like they might have moved her forward and put uh, um, Saxon Jones into the uh, into the ruck. The, the player in McLaren's running past for a hand pass. Got to go and earn it. Great kick.
9: Well done. That was a really great kick there and a nice spotting there of a streaming run. Port Melbourne player on the opposite side of the ground. Is
2: that Melissa Kyes out there?
9: No, I don't I think know. it is.
2: No, I just thought I'd ask that question. I knew it wasn't. I just thought I'd ask the question. <laughs> No, it's not. She's a right footer.
9: So kicking it there. Was Brian Catasano on the opposite side of the ground?
2: There you go. I thought it was a single-digit number. That's what I was going with.
9: It's like 49 from...
2: Well, I got the yuck. nine right. <laughs> it's half right.
9: It doesn't matter because it's out in the full anyway. That's right, We don't have to
2: record it anyway.
9: So Hocking will bring it back in here and she finds her target in Priest, two players with plenty of experience and solid hands. So they'll go out wide and look for the safe hands of their teammate as well. So another ta- uh, mark taken there by the Southern Saints who again opt to use the boundary line. They've opted for this a little bit throughout today. So in front of the scoreboard, the scoreboard which they're leading on, they'll start to go for a little bit of a run here. Hocking's got it back. She goes for a few steps. Brilliant kick that makes a lot of ground but falls straight in the hands of Port Melbourne. So it's Port Melbourne with a chance here, running with the ball and going forward. And they've got a chance to just get a little bit forward up there and rising there was Bromwich. She wasn't able to do too much with it. Saints have got the ball back Beautiful tackle there by Molan who brings their opponent down, but doesn't do enough to quell her influence. Crunch.
2: Oh, missed.
9: And it'll go into the hands there of Borg who avoids that crunching tackle. She gets the ball down to the top of the 50 and she gets it across to her teammates. A few string of handballs there. Having the ball with Sansonetti, she had a strong uh, tackle taken on her, so it would be the Saints were able to move a little bit here. Running onto the ball there for the Saints was Salidas. She's got the ball. She's taken to ground. The umpire again calls play on his favorite play on today, so it goes into the hands of Curley, who tries to go back, but it's intercepted by Harley. Harley gets the hand pass across to her teammate. In amongst there for Paul, was Keyes, the captain. Very dangerous kick there Can't from Harley. And it'll be kicking in danger. It'll go to the Saints.
2: It's Burke on the halfback flank. Alice Variety, she's looking for options. Going to come up this side of the ground. We love it when they play on this side of the ground. It makes it so much easier for us. Good mark taken there by Saxon Jones. She's uh, been moved into the ruckus, as it would appear. That's an ordinary kick, though. It's going to the centre looking for somebody that we don't know. And uh, kicking it forward now, this time, is McClelland, as distinct from McLaren. Good if the head names are a bit easier to say. Uh, Ball kicked forward. Might have been touched. Picked up by McDonald. She's going to be tackled. And that is a great tackle. Umpire says, well done to you, um, Alexandra Hines. You can have a free kick.
9: So sensational work there from Alexandra Hines. Plenty of pressure there to get the ball back for the Saints. And she'll go straight into the middle of the ground. She's looking there. Four, Capsalis. The ball drops through. Can't find her as directly as she would have liked. But the Saints are still in with a chance there. In the mungs there at the bottom is Curly. She's at the bottom of the pack. And they're just waiting. And the umpire. Umpire will call. Holding the ball.
2: I'm loving the work of number 24 umpire. He's he's just got the right mix of drama, hasn't he? Just leaves it long enough.
9: He's got the pregnant pause a little bit. Loving down his work. Pat. So yeah. great work there from Curly to force that free kick but she just kicks it straight into the hands of Sansonetti who will go forward now for Port Melbourne kick in running after it there for Port Melbourne as well is Wilson she's able to grab the ball she's got a shepherd there coming from her teammate picking it up again for Port is McDonald McDonald's got it but she's being chased so she forces that handball under pressure it's into the hands of Port Melbourne it could be dropping the ball and it will be dropping the ball from Port Melbourne so that there will go against Brent Catasano and it'll be the Southern Saints here will go and kick it high into the middle of the ground.
2: Oh, cut off almost at that time by Sansonetti, but she had it stolen at the last minute. Ball kicked over the back. Moving towards it is Bohanna. She can't bend down to pick up the ball. Well done that time by McLaren, who fought hard to get the ball. They're mucking around with it a bit, the uh, the borough. Smith takes the ball, kicks into the centre, slides through in the hands of a couple of people. Picked up that time by the Saints. Coming through the other... Oh, yeah, the old put-it-behind-your-back routine. Well played. A bit of Harlem Globetrotter and if the other umpire would get out of the road, we could see what's going on. That is a great mark taken in the forward line by uh, DeAngelis, and she finds her teammate down there in Cairns. Kearns Keynes Kearns, Cairns, Kearns Keynes. You know who we're talking about. And a fifty meter penalty because we can't say her surname correctly. And they're going to go back to the goal line. Don't like that from the Port Melbourne player who's just walked off the mark rather than going down and, and doing what, uh, taking her punishment. She's walked off, and that's a goal. That's disappointing. Taylor Kearns, Carton's Kearns, kids her first goal, and the Saints go further ahead. The scoreboard says goal at the moment. 7-4, 46-2 4-46 to 30 point lead to the Saints Did
10: anyone catch what the actual 50 was for? Was it an encroachment? I, th- I
2: think it was. There yeah. was no apparent distress so it wasn't as though she'd said something rude.
10: It's just mm. ill discipline.
11: I think yeah, when it comes that's... down to like head in the game at all times Yeah, you, know, you just got your behind, you need to find something yeah. to work yourselves back into this game and it's yeah. you know, inching it's, it's yeah. closer and closer to being all over here as Port yeah. Um, struggle to find answers. Yeah, really. And it,
10: it is tough to concentrate for a full, like, hours worth of football, but you've just, you've just got it. You don't have a choice. Well, we have to. Exactly.
2: So, <laughs> so the ball's in the centre, picked up by Beans Means-Hines, and she's brought to the ground. Empire's going to ball up. Checking the goal kickers in the game so far. Two to Tara Bohanna, one to Harris, one to Rapari, one to Kearns, one to Meyer, and one to Capsalis for the borough. One each to Bailey and Harley.
9: the ball in the middle and it'll be brought down and at the bottom of the pack there was Port Melbourne so they'll come up here and they'll look to go again, it was Wilson at the bottom of the pack, she puts her hand up to do the ruck, the ball comes to ground, it goes straight into the hands there of Southern Saints and it'll go into the hands of Capsalis <laughs> who's been fantastic early.
2: She talked the umpire into that one just interesting seeing Sansanini walking along the boundary line with the headset on talking to the coach, so wondering whether that might mean some kind of tactical move in the back one.
9: She has been good early, and it's all Southern Saints now at the moment. The ball will go in there, and it'll be cut off there by, by, by Port Melbourne and by Hannah McLaren, who's able to just stop that flow, and they're trying desperately to stop the Southern Saints in their run at the moment, and at the same time, they've got to push forward. And That's exactly what they'll try and do this time. They'll opt to go straight through the centre of the ground. Good mark. At the top there was Harley. Strong mark taken there. She's taken in the centre, and she's been... of a shining light for Port Melbourne. Done her best. She's taken in a tackle, so she's forced to get out just a quick hand pass, and it'll go straight back to the Southern Saints, paddling it along there, and then able to pick it up will be the Saints who are able to take a bounce. The bounce goes the opposite way. So despite being a bit of a free 50, they can't make the most of it. It's Port Melbourne able to pick it up and be tied up, and the umpire will come in and throw it up inside Southern Saints forward 50.
2: The disappointing thing there for the Saints was... um Young-Burke had the ball running, having a bounce because there was no one in the goal in the forward 50 and they were a bit slow in getting back. I think uh, Salidas was trying to get back there but just couldn't get there in time so she had nowhere to go, which is why she had to stop.
11: Port have been trying to take the game on. They're trying to move the ball a bit more quicker but unfortunately for them it just leaves more space for the Saints to just try and work into if they turn the ball over. If the Saints continue on their pressure and Port keep on that quicker ball movement there's going to be opportunities for them that they're going to get on the counter-attack for sure.
9: So we're more than halfway through the third quarter here at North Port Oval. The home side, Port Melbourne, just the one behind on this term. Coming at the start of the quarter, they're trailing 2-4-16 to 7-4-46. The Saints have a chance to go forward again, falling down, not quite. Goes over the boundary line, bounces over the boundary line. So we'll have a throw in very close to the Southern Saints' goals.
10: That would have been a great goal if she'd somehow managed to get that through because she was almost kicking it like around her body, but like, over the top of her head and... Yeah, ultimately it, it didn't um, come to fruition.
2: Security guards got his first possession because we had to wait for the ball to come back in. Spinning, spinning, spinning back into play. Ball not able to be grabbed by anyone. Great work that to- oh, De Angelis. Wasn't able to get the ball out though. Kicked forward quickly by Port Melbourne. Bounced horribly. Picked up by uh, Neves, who kicks it round the body. Yeah. I was looking down to see who it was because they changed their jumper and, goodness gracious me, that's another goal.
11: What's Thanks. going on? <laughs> it's a mauling. I think it's a mauling at this point. I think mm. it's just about over, you have to say. That's now 8-4, 52 to 2-4, 16. The Saints favour mm. Well, 13 to minutes help. into
2: the third, so you're halfway through the more than halfway through the third quarter.
11: Exactly, and they're good value for the lead. They deserve every bit of it, just have looked a better team. They've looked more sharp, they've looked more present, they've looked, you know, yeah. far more attacking, and they've put the goals on the board to show for it.
10: Yeah. And when Port have tried to get that run on, they've just had. The Saints have just had answers for everything Port's thrown at them at the moment. They're just running into a brick wall, it feels like.
9: Absolutely. Chatted to Dale Robinson pre-game, and she said they started using the F-word of finals, and maybe they should have used it just that little bit earlier, because it certainly (laughs) spurred them on.
2: I think Lockie might be using an F-word at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Fair income he'd be saying. Fair income, I think it might be fair income. Time to fight, girls. (laughs) That's what he's... Because there was a talk about it being a physical game Mm. before the game, and and yet it hasn't been super physical, and I don't mean brutal. I mean, you know, it's been a pretty free-flowing game from the Saints. It's just been the the borough have just had to sort of fight all day to keep themselves in the game, and they're not, sadly.
9: So we have had a little bit of congestion in this game, though, and the ball will again be tied up (laughs) in the centre square.
2: And the umpire will
9: come in, and he'll throw it up, and the ball in the hands of Bromwich... She won't get to do anything with it as the umpire comes in to throw up the ball 14 minutes into this third term. He shoots it up and up at the bottom of there, trying to get it out of the pack. Is Bran Catasano from Port Melbourne, but she's tied up the moment she gets it. And the umpire, yet again, seconds later, will come in and throw up the
2: ball. So they've now got uh, Tanner doing the ruck work. I'm wondering whether they're trying to get a spark from the, from the, uh, the ruck because he's not getting the ball. That's part of the problem, I think. You can't score if you haven't got it
11: just yeah. trying to spin the magnets sort of thing and mm. see what works on the scoreboard. Unfortunately, it, it's not at the oh moment for Port. Are just, Sorry, you go, Neil.
2: No, it just seems to be more certain in the way yeah. they're doing. Port's come mm-hmm. forward, and it's a mark taken by Rua Pari, and she is far too far out to score. She's about 60 metres out, but she's looking at options inside the 50, and so she goes out to the side, uh, caught us all a bit by surprise, and the mark taken out there on the wing. Might be Hines out there, I reckon. No, it isn't, because she's his here. It's a a, a Southern Saints player. It is, in fact, Neves. Kicked the last goal from about that far out.
9: So Neves sends it forward and it goes to the outer side of the ground. Again, the ball in dispute, but not until it's taken by a Southern Saints player who kicks it up high. She kicks it up high, but unfortunately she kicks it straight into the hands of Jade Anthony for Port Melbourne. So... Jade Anthony, another dangerous kick straight across the face of goals, but she's able to find her teammate in Brian Catasano, who has the safe hands that you'd probably want when you're kicking a dangerous kick, but Bran Catasano's kick becomes a turnover, becomes a turnover, and through Meyer, it'll start to go deep into the Southern Saints attacking 50 until, again, it'll go the other way, and it'll go into the hands of Port Melbourne, who've had a strong mark there taken by McClelland, and she'll look to go broadcast side of the ground by chipping it across to Brady Kennedy.
2: Tell you what, I wouldn't mind uh, selling land off that to that guy uh, based on distance. That was about 10 metres, if that. And the previous kick he called play on was uh, longer. And uh, it's interesting how that distance thing works. Great mark taken on the wing by Borg The jelly we found out the correct pronunciation of her name she's running around in circles, not sure what to do she's panicked and hand passed the ball out Saints in good position here, kick forward by Lapari, off the ground by Bohanna, didn't look up and, and see what was there because the Port Melbourne player is standing by herself, coming the other way and uh, just to kick it out of here kind of kick lots up, none down ball spills to the ground, picked up and kicked around the body by McClelland to our favourite player no one in particular running onto it that time was Smith Smith gets it on to Brian she gets it back to Smith good hand use gets the ball across this time finds Saxon Jones
9: So Saxon-Jones fends off her opponent there and just lets her know where the mark is. So a nice bit of patch of play there from Port Melbourne. Probably
2: their best patch of play for the day, to be honest. It sure yeah.
9: until that kick hit the person on the mark. Oh, (laughs) crunching, uh, crunching bump there from Jade Anthony, it looked like, who's just crunched her player off the ball.
2: Who's got up? Thankfully, she didn't look like she was going to.
9: No, she lay there for a little while, but then she got up. and it's the Southern Saints who are able to make the most of that. And again, Harris thought she had the mark. The umpire said, "No, you didn't." She didn't hear that call. The ball's gone over the line. Here comes the physicality we were talking about. Yeah. A little bit of push, a little bit of shove, and the ball and the free kick will go the way of Sarah. She took two Nettie. steps
2: past the mark and then stopped. you can't do that. You'd already played call play on.
9: So Sanson finds a teammate in Saxon Jones. Geez, could this be the start of a revival for Port Melbourne? Saxon Jones.
2: They just need to, you know, take a breath. They're oh. sort of in a hurry, aren't they?
9: So the captain, Keys, sends it across into the middle Ew. there. Taken high there was Bromwich. And the umpire did see that, and the umpire will pay a free kick to Bromwich. And she'll be able to have a free kick here. She was, <laughs> nearly had her head chopped off a little bit there. So she'll be 30 metres out from goal, Courtney fair, Bromwich. Fair
2: to say they need this one.
9: I think they um, might. Yeah. A yeah. <laughs> little bit of an understatement there. Yeah. So, Courtney Bromley, she hasn't kicked a goal this year. What do you think, Ali? Do we back her in? Um, Angle-wise, yes. Distance, not sure.
2: Yeah, put this one in the book, I reckon.
9: Courtney Broming she's looking for Port Melbourne's third goal of the day.
2: 50 metres. And
9: the umpire will give 50 metres. The kick was offline. The first kick...
2: Came over the mark.
9: She took... But she'll benefit from this 50 metres and she'll go down.
2: So we're going to put this one in the book?
9: I think this one's <laughs> being noted down much, as much, we speak. Yep. Much safer bet, this one. So, geez, the marginal stay large, though. As Bromwich puts it through the middle. She'll score the third goal of the day for Port Melbourne. But there's still a lot of work to do, Katie tell
11: you what though if they if port managed to find a miraculous win here we'll look back on that those last couple moments here as the turning point as the, the touchstone for that it's just sort of come out of nowhere just this fight this this physicality this desire has definitely picked up too little too late quite possibly but if we if we something miraculous happens, I'll know what I'll look at as the turning point of this game, for sure. Outstanding bit of play there by Port Melbourne, and uh, Lockie Harris has to be demanding more for that as three-quarter time approaches. 20 minutes
9: is a long time in footy, so we'll see what happens. So it's five goals at the margin here in favour of Southern Saints. The away side here today, sitting sixth place on the ladder and looking to shore up a little bit of a finals appearance with five matches left in this VFLW season. This play restarts in the middle. The ball's just in no-man's land, a little bit at the bit. Southern Saints able to dive on top of the ball, but a little bit of congestion until it comes out into the hands of Abby Tanner. And it's Abby Tanner who sends it Port Melbourne's way. Just bounces into the forward 50. There's a few chances there. In and amongst it there was Ali McDonald. She can't quite grab it cleanly. Goes along the ground. So Southern Saints able to kick it out of the 50. But the umpire will walk in. And he'll have his say here. And he'll give a free kick to the Southern Saints. So the ball will come back. But it'll come back into the hands of the Southern Saints and into the, sa- uh, into the hands of De Angelis.
2: Final score at uh, Deakin, Geelong, 5-9-39, Essendon 2-4-16. Rochelle, ah. with- Rochelle Cranston with a couple of goals. Uh, Sophie Vanderhoeven with a couple of goals. Libby Fulton with one. Alana Barber, one, and nobody else. They couldn't work out who kicked the other one for Essendon. So uh, and at North, sorry, North uh, th- 63, Collin with North Melbourne 13.
9: So it's three quarter time here at Northport Oval. It's Southern Saints 8 4 52, leading Port Melbourne 3 4 22. They're five goal leaders there at the moment, having put on a nice little handy buffer there throughout that third term. They kicked three goals straight there uh, to add that little buffer, whereas it was Port Melbourne who just kicked the one goal one. What did you make of that, and what did you make, I guess, of that Port Melbourne revive very late in the quarter? makes for a fascinating final quarter
11: otherwise in what otherwise would have been a sort of going through the motion sort of procession of a final quarter which I've you know I love for sure but um, yeah the Saints have just been able to I guess use Port's strength against them just a little bit more in that quarter just space started to open up a little bit more for them Port had to quicken up their ball movement and the Saints were just able to put on some pressure and then find some space um, you know on at their end find the space going forward so it's it's in their favour. Yes, you strongly favour them to bring
9: this home, but Port have been able to find a bit of a spark in those last few moments, which, which will make for a fascinating final term. And it is five goals the margin now. Would we yep. have been saying something differently if Bromwich wasn't able to slot that goal at the end of the quarter and it was six goals the margin Ali? Yeah, and even
10: alongside that, just the way Port were playing in those last few moments, that intensity shows that this this isn't dead to the Dead to the water, is that the phrase I'm looking for? It, it's not dead yet. If Port can show more of that intensity that they were showing those last few moments, might be
9: very interesting final quarter. So the players are in their huddles here for three-quarter time. It's the Southern Saints 8 4 leading Port Melbourne at 3 4 We'll be back after this break with the final quarter.
8: The average person spends 44 minutes a day thinking about food. At OzHarvest, thinking about food is a full-time job because we're always looking for new ways to nourish our country and combat food waste and hunger. Every day, we rescue quality surplus food across Australia and deliver it to those who'd otherwise go hungry. And you can help. Every dollar donated to OzHarvest can provide two meals to people in need. Visit ozharvest.org. Thought for food.
2: There are plenty of Classic Hits radio stations, but this is where GoRadio.live is different. We unashamedly select the best music from our chosen era. We develop programs that provide the music with minimal interruption. For many hours of the day, you won't hear any announcers, just great music and the occasional station ID. We let the music play through until the end. No crossfades and no announcers talking over the start and end of tracks. We think you're going to love GoRadio.Live radio as it should be. Check it out at www.goradio.live or download the free app from Google Play or the App Store.
18: Yay! They're my grandkids. Gee, they can make some noise. But do you know what? It's a beautiful sound because they're alive and having fun. The sound I hate is silence in the pool. When a child drowns, you hear nothing. No splashing, no cries for help. Be vigilant around water. Fence the pool, shut the gate. I teach your kids to swim, it's great. Supervise, watch your mate and learn
14: how to resuscitate. I'm Laurie Lawrence. Kids Alive, do the five. Draft Central is entering a new era. Covering all the state leagues from the VFLW, Sample W, Waffle W, and Quaffle W, as well as their primary focus, the Nab League Girls, Draft Central has you covered when it comes to all you need to know about the future stars of the AFL Women's. Draft Central, brought to you by Rookie Me, is now on YouTube, so be sure to subscribe at Draft Central, as well as on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages at Draft Central Oz. Hey.
9: Welcome back to the Wharf Radio match of the day between Port Melbourne and the Southern Saints here at Northport Oval. It's the first match for today on Wharf Radio and on the VFL live stream at 6 p.m. today. We'll have Williamstown and Casey down for that match with the first bounce at 7 p.m. tonight. All eyes, though, are on this match here. We saw a late fight back from the home side, Port Melbourne. Uh, they're trailing 3 four 22. They're trailing Southern Saints 8 four fifty 5 goals in the margin. Yeah, what would this do for the Southern, uh, Southern Saints season if they could hang on? Oh, that'd be a huge boost of confidence considering
10: Port went undefeated for, what, seven rounds in a row and they've only lost one game for the year. So yeah, it, it'd be a good stepping stone and then building into the next four weeks and then hopefully further for the Saints fans.
11: They can take that confidence that they can indeed match it with the best, and that's very, very valuable as we head toward the business end of the season.
2: So the Bulldogs and Carlton are now on 14 points, the Saints on 16. So if they win this game and a boost in percentage, because their percentage is 104.8, the two guys outside the the eight are sort of um, Uh. 60s.
9: So the siren to sound for the start of the fourth quarter, and the umpire bounces up the ball. Getting the tap there was Saxon Jones for Port When the ball falls to ground, her teammate will be wrapped up completely there. And the umpire will have it back, and he'll throw the ball up after Sophie Molan just caught with the ball there a little bit. So he'll throw it up just moments away from where he did it Pass Molan streams through there, and she sends it into the forward 50 for Port Melbourne. They're coming here with intent. They think they can probably still make it here and get over the Southern Saints, but it's able – Lucy Burke who's able to just move that ball out for the Southern Saints and a long clear and kick just to the top of the 50. Doesn't quite clear the arc, and the ball will stop there. A few players tied up and a few players running onto it. And the umpire will come in and will ball it up.
2: She's done really well in the back line today. Burke has shown the experience that she's gained at the, uh, over, the, over the season. So, well done, her. Good hands that time for the borough. Shot a goal. That is a ripper. And I'll tell you who it was in a minute. I think it might have been... Uh, it's the player running down there with the Port Melbourne jumper on. Um,
10: that narrows it down to about six.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you who it is. Got a two at the start.
10: <laughs> um, but in all seriousness... I think actually
2: Richards I'm going to give that to.
10: In all seriousness, you can't get a better start than that, can you?
2: Well, I think the other thing is, too, I think it's the first time in the game that Port have had two goals in a row, which is really important. That's a good point. Thank you very much.
9: Perhaps. Could this string of goals be something? Mm, time will tell. So we'll go up here and see if Port Mulwood can continue that and put three goals on in a row. They're four goals behind at the moment, 4-4, 28, trailing 8-4, 52. But it's the Saints who are able to get it out of the middle and they'll pop it into the forward 50. They've got a chance here. In and amongst it there was Harris. She's been good today. She can't quite gather up. She's under a lot of pressure and she just runs past the ball a little bit. Can't quite hold it. The ball's on the ground. Beautiful trackle, though. She comes up to mop up her own work, Harris, and she tackles down Jade Anthony. And the umpire will throw up the ball just on the 50-meter arc the Southern Saints half-forward line. So running onto it, though, will be Bromwich. She's got a chance there to gain it for Port Melbourne. She gets the hip and shoulder there from Neves, and then she pushes her back. the, and the umpire will call hold, holding.
2: He hasn't told us which way. Now he has. Neves. So
9: it'll be Neves who benefits from that. She benefits from Bromwich's little push, whereas Neves opted to go with the bump. High ball from Neves. She sends it in there. There's a few Port plays in and around there, and one at the back who's able to mop it up. She sends it to the top of the 50 again. A little bit of a dangerous kick. It could have gone easily into the hands there of the Southern Saints, into the hands of Maya, And it's the Saints who have got the ball there, and it's Maya who's taken with it. Incorrect disposal. The umpire will pay against her. And this time it'll go to Port Melbourne, and it'll go uh, into the hands of Harley.
2: Uh, No, Brenka Desano's getting up. She's got cramp. Oh, no. Now it's Harley.
9: So it's Harley who just chips it. It's going very close to the boundary line, trying to stop it from going out his keys there, but she just can't quite do that.
2: She did enough to put her hand on it, at least. So it wasn't a lasso.
9: It's just that type of afternoon
11: for her, though, unfortunately, Kais. So has been making some smart runs. She's been making some smart moves, but unfortunately it hasn't always come off. Um, this sort of, I guess, speaks to Port's performance, I guess, throughout these, throughout these three quarters so far.
2: So the umpire throws the ball back in, drops to the front of the pack, and picking on now is Molan. Am I right in saying that the um, field, a boundary up was meant to take it in 10 metres? Because if that was 10 metres, I'm buying land off him as well, because it was about three. Ball uh, kicked forward. Good smother that time by uh, the player there in Stewart. Uh, stacks on the mill, if you know what that means, I don't. It's just one of those phrases we use in this commentary game. Up it goes, Hines versus Saxon Jones. Ball comes down. Uh, I'll tell you who's lifted is Harley. And uh, she has um, certainly been prominent, as has Saxon Jones going to the ruck. I reckon that's been a good move as well.
10: Mm. It's good to see Harley finally proving her talent because she's had a rotten luck with shoulder injuries the past couple of years. She was an absolute top-level junior, and it's
9: good to see her finally get the opportunity. So it'll go towards Port Melbourne's way here. At the moment, a few players overrunning the ball, but... They'll have a chance just to hold on to it a little bit. At the back of the air and able to grab it was Borg. She gets a little kick away. It just goes a few metres, but it might run into the advantage of her captain in Kai's. This time, instead, it falls into the Southern Saints' here. <laughs> crunching tackle.
2: <laughs> well, the physicality's here.
9: The crunching tackle was put on, but the crunching tackle was high. So it's still in the arms of Hocking, who just goes long to the other side of the ground. She's Great got her kick. teammate running onto it in knees, Perfect kick for Neves who just picks it up. No problems at all. Sends off the kick to the top of the 50 She's got her teammate Rapari is able to run onto it. She just goes with a little bit of a crafty pop kick at the bottom of the pack. She grabs it again, even though she's taken to the ground. Again, there's Neves there to clean up her own work. So she grabs the ball again and another high kick. She throws in this time. It's punched away by her Port Melbourne opponent. But they're still around there. There's safety in numbers for the Southern Saints and they go again. They'll push it forward here. It's just one player there, though, And that will be Bohanna, but we know when Bohanna's got it, something good happens. She gets it across to her teammate, but it'll just be a
2: point. Might have been Kearns, I think. I think the thing I'd be most disappointed about if I was Lockie Harris would be the fact that the the level of pressure they're putting on now, if they had done that at the start of the game, it might have been a different story. It seems as though they've only sparked up in the second half.
11: Absolutely, Mm. yeah. Just that consistency of effort has just been not there. Has just been just sort of a mess for them, I think, throughout these four quarters.
2: So Kyes throws it onto her left boot, as we have seen over the years. Good kick, finds her teammate out there on the other side of the ground. That looks like it's Hocking. Uh, beg your pardon, Kennedy. And uh, she kicks the ball down the centre of the ground to nobody in particular. Comes across now. Coming the other way was, uh, I think, one of the Burks. Um, gets the ball off to her teammate. Now it's coming out. No, this is uh, this is Lucy Burke now. She spills the mark. Can't hand pass it. Good tackle by the Borough player. Harley gets it and just playing volleyball now. Harley had plenty of it in the second half. She gets it off to her teammate now in Owsley, 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 Owsley. Hand pass over the top to Bromage. Bromage kicks it to the other helmeted player. And that helmeted player is Anthony. Anthony hand passes the ball off to her teammate in Richards. That comes under the heading of 2, two Unselfish and should have probably had a shot at goal herself. But uh, doing the team thing... It uh, didn't work out properly. So there's going to be a ball up centre-half forward, 25.7 metres out from the goal at the Bob Bennett or Williamstown Road end to which the Port Melbourne side are kicking and the ball comes out and lands on the chest of Talia Meyer.
9: So the Saints make no mistake with that stoppage and they get it out to Meyer, who should be looking to clear and she just hops for a nice little short kick, but it bounces a few times before it gets to Khan. so she's under pressure. They're able to get the handball away and they get themselves out of that little spot of trouble. Ball we'll will go along towards the boundary line, running along there to grab it with Harris. Harris sees it over the line. And we'll have a lasso free kick going away of Port Melbourne. Centre of the ground. Oh, sorry, centre, but on the boundary side, right in front of the Port Melbourne bench. So it'll be taking the free kick there for it was Sansonetti. She sends it up to the pack. The pack, though, is the Saints. The Saints seem to always be winning those packs. Bit of a tough bump oh. going away. And Meyer, another tough bump. Goes straight into Bromage. That's dangerous. That's very,
11: very yep. dangerous there.
2: I reckon she might get a week for that. You can't really throw someone into the ground like that. Yep, that's right.
9: Yep. yep. So the umpire's just pulling out his book here.
2: If he can find his pencil, it slipped down the back of his shorts and he can't find it.
10: Right, it wasn't like your normal sling that just like goes maybe a metre in front of you. It went like a couple of metres. It's just reckless. It's yeah. Reckless. And given what we all know about safety
11: and, you yeah, know, that, player health, concussion, all of that. Well, yeah.
2: particularly, it appears that Bromage is concerned about her head anyway, because she's got the helmet yeah. on. Mm. Uh, there may have been some concussion issues. I just think that's that's uh, a dangerous tackle that I think will probably get looked at by the tribunal. I would suggest maybe a week's holiday for that one.
11: Yeah, and quite that, possibly. And it'd be deserved
9: to, you have to say.
2: Yeah. That was uh, Taylor Cairns, I think, who's been reported.
9: So Bromwich, she suffered that <laughs> tough tackle, tough bump there, and so she sends the ball with her free kick inside to the 50, but it'll just be a classic turnover like we are seeing all day. Beautiful mark there, taken by the Southern Saints, and they'll have a chance now to go the other way, nearly halfway through this fourth term here at Northport Oval. So they'll opt to go on the other side of the ground, on the outer side of the ground, and move it forward through a nice little string of kicks and marks, running onto the ball there, look to have been Salidas. Beautiful kick in front of her. The umpire will blow the whistle and... The free kick again will go the Southern Saints way. Dropped mark there from De Angelis, but she's got no one around her. And that was the free kick as well. So she just kicks the ball. Not a very good-looking kick, but it gets to Bohanna nonetheless, who just kind of bananas it across to her teammate in Priest. The kick looked a bit strange off the boot, but it got to its intended target, and Priest has got the ball on the outer side of the ground, and she'll be looking to send it inside the 50. She does. She sends it to the top of the arc. She's able to find Alice Burke.
2: So Burt kicks the ball in and finds Beans Means Hines and she is literally 51 metres out. Kicks it back and they're just playing with it now. <laughs> bumping up the stats. 8-5-53 the Saints, 4-4 Port Melbourne 28. We are almost halfway through the last quarter and it's a 25 point lead to the Saints. Going to come back this time. It is uh, Meyer, I think it is. Yes, Meyer takes the ball. Gets it off now to her teammate in Lucy Burke. Lucy Burke streams forward. Kicks the ball long. Almost the mark taken in the forward line. Couldn't get there in the end. Good spin out of trouble by Locke. She's been pretty good today. Puts it onto the chest of her teammate in Owsley. So it's
9: Owsley.
10: Just goes over the boundary line strong smother there by what well, looks like might have been mild.
2: She actually took it. She didn't actually smother it. She actually oh. took it off her hands and carried it over the boundary line. Sorry, <laughs> That's impressive.
9: Crowd in the way couldn't quite see what
2: happened. <laughs> I just saw her come across with the ball. She took it with her. That's pretty impressive.
9: So it's a throw in along the 50. Saints players running onto it in their first to the post is Vanderheim. She's able to get the ball. Saints bring it out but it's just in dispute a little bit going between both sides. Plenty of, plenty of Saints numbers around the ball now. One of those there
2: you just get the Not sense much. that the Saints have steadied a bit more than they had at the start of the quarter when Port came out and threw everything at them?
11: It's been the story of their performance, I think. Every time they've faced a challenge from Port, they've just been able to find a steadier, either like a mark, a tackle. They've just been able to reverse the momentum, and it just speaks to just that consistency, that maturity that they've been able to to bring today. And it's been an outstanding performance, to be fair.
2: Yeah. You, you can't claim the mark when you're the sixth person to touch it there. <laughs>
9: Richards did her best, though.
11: Yeah,
2: she tried to convince him, didn't she?
9: Worth a try. Worth a try.
2: (laughs) Don't get it if you don't ask.
9: The umpire will come in and throw it up just outside Port Melbourne's bench.
2: 11 minutes to play. Sorry, 11 minutes played, so only eight and a half minutes to go. Four goals plus are behind needed, so it's uh, pretty much all over, I would have thought.
9: Southern Saints have done very well to start fast and hold on to this match as the ball... Again goes over the boundary line. This time it'll be a lasso-free kick, though, and it'll go into the hands of Neves, and Neves has been good today.
2: Old mate on the boundary with the uh, lasso and the, the wiggle of the backside, too. Like that, good dance move. You <laughs> can see him doing some fine work on the dance floor.
9: So Neves pops it up high, and she pops it up long. She finds her teammate, but the umpire comes in, and he'll call holding, and that holding free will go into the arms of Carnes. So Carnes will have it, and she's about 60 metres out from goal. Bit of a congested forward 50, so it'll be up to what she can spot. She's got a few leads coming for her, I'll but she wants to Bo go Hanna. towards the pack. It
2: oh, wasn't awesome quite Bohanna.
9: Harris was in and amongst there, but instead it's taken by Port Melbourne. And it's Harley. taken by Harley, who's been good for a side on a tough day. In amongst there was her teammate Molan, but it's again able to pick it off there was Stuart for the Southern Saints. She gets it across to her teammate Alice Burke, who dodges her opponent to the left, nearly gets caught, but gets the ball away. She gets it. She's going back again for it, Alice Burke. Can't quite get it this time. And it's spinning out is McClelland, who tries to get it from Port Melbourne. But again, it's Southern Saints who can hold it. And it's Bohanna here who's got the ball. She's taken to ground. Doesn't look like she had prior opportunity. The umpire will I let it go the um- and the umpire lets it out, and it only goes as far as Port Melbourne player in Catherine Smith.
2: I thought the way he was hovering, it was going to be holding the ball. It must have spilled out in time.
9: So we'll have a throw in.
2: Seven minutes to play.
9: Seven minutes to play, 40 metres out from the Southern Saints goal. Ball just pops into the hands of Bran Catizzano. She can't do much with it though because she's all tied up. Bohanna gets the kick away.
12: Oh. They're
9: going to pay it here by the looks of things. It was a kick. It could have been touched on the way, but the mark will be paid. And it was Carnes who just sends it. Instead of taking the kick for goal, she just sent it and tried to centre it and gain a little bit more ground, but it goes to a pack. Nothing much.
2: He might Do have we? felt sorry for her because he was the bloke who reported her, and he might have said, look, I'll pay you the mark. That'll even Thanks. things
9: out. So it's 8-5-53. Southern Saints leading Port Melbourne, 4-4-28. 13 and a half minutes gone in this final term at North Port Oval. The Southern Saints have come. And they've come and defeated, come to defeat their higher ranked opponent on their home turf. So the ball on the ground, getting a little bit of a handball out there was DeAngelis. Doesn't go very far for the Southern Saints, so it's in the hands of Port Melbourne players who can't hang on to it. So it goes back to the Saints, and it's Priest at the bottom there who's trying to do her best with it. Just some tapping and some handballing going along. Nice little tackle there by Meyer, keeping the ball in the Southern Saints' hands. Alice Burke sends it high. She can't quite find her teammate though. And it'll be chopping the arms and the free kick will go Port Melbourne's way and it'll go into the hands of Catherine Smith.
2: They would have been pleased with her performance today. She's been in amongst it, probably in the top four or five Port Melbourne players today, I would have thought. She gets the ball in and gets it now to McClelland. Didn't gain a lot, but uh, have the ball at least. Kicks it to a really dangerous spot, but fortunately her teammate with plenty of space ahead of her, and that is Bridie Kennedy by the looks of it. She tries to run around the team, her opponent and didn't do that very successfully. Now they've put themselves into strife. Umpire's going to probably call this deliberate, and uh, that's because it was deliberate. So the, the uh, so, so Southern Saints are going to get a free kick. Difficult kick from where they are. But uh, unless it's a left footer, it would make it a little bit easier. But uh, tough kick. Tell you who it is in a moment. People in the social club would know because it's right in front of them. Banana kick, and she has missed everything. And the score remains as it is. eight five 8.553, the Southern Saints. 4.428 Port Melbourne, 15 minutes played. Less than five minutes left in the game. And uh, this is the time of the game where you just hope no one gets injured because the, the the result is well and truly done. Harley's got on the half-back flank. She's looking for someone to kick it to. And she does, but she makes a bit meal of that. Kicks it to a two-on-one. Ball spills. Fortunately for the borough, they get the ball. Good smother that time by Maya. She's running onto it. Maya is my store. She's got the ball. Oh, tackles. Burke didn't see the others coming, and it's a free kick to the borough in the back pocket. That might be Lasoski Hay.
9: It was Lasoski Hay, and she just opts to go long. It's probably the only thing the borough can do at this point in time. But geez, we've seen it, seen it all day, and it's cut off by the Southern Saints who just aren't letting that ball get past the centre of the ground. They record another inside 50 before it ping-pongs back the other way, and it's Port Melbourne with the ball. And the umpire will come in, and he'll blow his whistle, and he'll send the free kick the Southern Saints way, so it'll be Hines now. So Hines has got the free kick in the centre of the ground, and she'll just opt for a short little kick to the side, giving her teammate plenty of time to run onto it and just send a high ball to the top of the arc. At the top of that arc, though, was Sancinetti, and Sansonetti's able to take that intercept grab for Port Melbourne so they can go back the other way, but instead they'll go behind. To then work that distance to go forward. One of their better performances, I think, uh, today in Santinetti just been,
11: I think, tireless, just been consistent across uh, all four quarters today. It's been a tough
10: day, and
9: Santinetti's one that's had to shoulder a lot of it.
10: Just a quick around the grounds um, at Arden Street, Collingwood 10 14 74, North Melbourne 2 11 13. They've got a similar amount of time left to this game here.
2: Just as well, they didn't kick straight. 10 14 could have been ugly. Ball yeah. kicked forward inside by Stewart. She's been pretty solid today. Hand pass to nobody in particular, our favourite player. Ball picked up again this time by Stewart. ended up with it again. Kicks it forward. No one can take the mark. Spills out. Running onto it though now is uh, uh, Sal- Salitas. Salitas off to Bo Hannah, And Bo Hannah misses what she should have kicked. Eight goals, 7.55, the Southern Saints. Port Melbourne, 4-4, 28. 17 and a half minutes played. Bohanna is the player that has the multiple goals. She's kicked two. Everyone else has been a single goal kicker. I'm going to follow those people. They've got the pizzas for after the game.
9: So McLaren brings the ball in. They get it to the top of the 50. But it's Southern Saints again who just cut that off. And it's Carnes. is able to get the ball further forward. But that ball will just go straight back to McLaren for Port Melbourne. And this time, instead of the long ball, she'll opt for the short kick and she'll go onto the other side of the ground in front of the social club. And they'll look to work the ball out of their danger zone this way. They go to an even contest, and that even contest is won by the Saints.
2: I'd love to know the stats on marks for the two sides in contested situations. Seems to me that every time there's been a contested mark, the Saints have taken it.
9: And so it's the Saints again. They've got a chance here to get a goal, weaving in and around there look to have been Rapari. She weaves in and around, but it goes offline and it'll just be a behind. So it'll be 8-7.55, the Saints leading Port Melbourne 4-4.28. Just a minute and a half left in this final term here at Northport Oval. Special comments here being done by Katie Lambesky and Elise Collette.
11: Yeah, I think it's just meandering along to its inevitable conclusion here. So the Saints are going to record a pretty impressive win and a famous win and one that's going to set them up come for a run at finals. They've just you know, they've handled everything so perfectly today. They've just controlled the tempo, controlled the game just for, for the longest part. And that's Port just haven't been able to find the answers.
10: Yeah.
2: There's a bit of this going on now that's a bit late, isn't it? That's the no. thing.
10: And I, I guess for Port, if nothing else, they can, they can take away the fact that they've kept the Saints goalless this quarter. Yep. Unless yep. I am mistaken. Um, so, yeah, if nothing else, that, that's a good positive to take out of at least this last quarter.
2: And in fact, they've won the last quarter. That at, is at true. At this point, so it's one goal to three behinds at the moment.
9: So just one minute remaining in this final term. Here at Port Melbourne's home ground, the ball in the middle of the ground on the outer wing. Saints going forward again. They're trying to not remain goalless for this term. They've got a chance, and they've got a bit of a clear 50. The ball goes high, and it's going to bounce into the goal square here. Will it bounce forward? Will Rapari got on the end of it? Not quite.
10: No. She may
9: get called for kicking in danger there. She did. And she did. So Rapari... Tried to take her chance there and get the ball midair, but unfortunately she gets called for kicking for danger and it'll be her opponent in Sarah Sansonetti who has a chance here. She'll just want to clear the ball long. There's not long left in this match, so just not concede and get this ball out of that danger. 50, so she gets it to the top. She tries to find Bromwich who just punches it away and the ball will move into the centre square running onto it will be Richards. She'll have a chance here to get it for Port Melbourne she has got a few Saints players coming at it and it's the Saints supporters that will be celebrating right now. They've just defeated Port Melbourne 8 fifty five to 4-4-28. A sensational performance from the Southern Saints and one that puts them firmly in that finals contention. They were sitting 6th coming into this match with a few teams coming at them for that final spot in the finals. This may just give them that four points of a buffer. We mentioned it a three-quarter time how important it would be for the Southern Saints to hold on. Now they've done it. How big is this for them and for the scheme of the final series in VFLW? Uh, Huge.
11: Absolutely. Huge. So, uh, sorry, you go, Katie. <laughs> all, good, all good, I mean, we talked about the F word previously, you know, even with Dale before the game. And you know what? outstanding i think they've just been able to to match that they've been able to take that confidence and just you know, put that out there in a consistent four-quarter performance and they've just had every answer today to whatever port threw at them. They were just able to steady on. They were just able to get the game back on their terms and just a full credit to them. That's a monumental win and uh, one we'll be looking back on as a major moment in this game.
10: Yeah, absolutely. And not only does the win give them a nice buffer in the race for that sixth spot in the finals, it'll also give them a world of confidence because... Port have been one of the best sides all year and to, to beat them on their home deck it will be just absolutely massive for the Saints' confidence
2: So what that does in fact if you look at the ladder, uh, the Saints are now on 20 points, Western Bulldogs and Carlton both outside on 14 points North, who won't win today on 12 points. So that gives them a two-game, one-and-a-half-game, two-game buffer. And if you yeah. look at the percentages, Southern Saints started with 104. They'll now be about 107, you would think, after today, something like that. The, the, the percentages outside the, the six, 74, 69, 61. So that's as good as a game. Mm, so they're now effectively two-and-a-half games in with four to play. They really have huge. to win one more game, and that's um, pretty much it.
10: And uh, I can't remember um, what clubs they've got next, but I'm pretty sure they've got well, at least... Well,
2: they've got the Cats next week. Then they have uh, the Bulldogs. Then they have North Melbourne. Oh. And then they have uh, uh, a bye, maybe. Would that be no, right? No, line no, line no, line, no Carlton. Carlton. Carlton, yes. that's it.
10: So, yeah, they've got at least two possible wins, maybe even three in there. So
2: And the other thing is the teams they're playing are the ones they're competing with. So if yes. they beat them, it becomes the perennial eight-point game. Yeah,
9: absolutely. Yeah. So today it was a 27-point game. It was a 27-point win here by the Southern Saints as we go through the goal kicker sport today. Just yep. the one multiple goal kicker for the Southern Saints in their eight goals there. That was Tara Bohanna, who was in and amongst everything throughout <laughs> the day. <laughs> single goals going to Kayla Rapari, Taylor Carnes, uh, Harris, yep. Meyer, Capsalis and Neves. And single goals for Port Melbourne in the losing side, going to Bromage, Bailey, Richards and Harley. So some big performances there coming from the Southern Saints throughout the board. A nice, well-rounded performance from them. Who did you see as standing out as some of their best players? I
11: mean, looking up and down this sheet, you can point to any one, really. I think Frankie Hocking, I think, had a really um, very good first half. Annalisa Harris came in with some clutch moments as well. Tara Bohanna just stood tall every time she was asked to. Hannah Stewart, really consistent. Alex, Alexandra Hines in the ruck, a really tireless performance, competed well all day. Kayla Rapari provided a bit of a, I mean, a spark, a mm. bit of an attacking spark. Yeah, she was really good, particularly those opening couple of minutes in that yeah. first quarter. Exactly. And then you have Hannah Priest as well as uh, Beck providing that experience, those steadying moments at key times in the game. And, and the Burks. Yeah, and yeah. the Burks as well. And yeah. the Burks just consistent team performance, and that's what I'm sure will please Dale Robinson the most.
2: We do need to acknowledge, too, also, that Taylor Cairns was reported yes. in the fourth quarter for a dangerous tackle on Courtney Bromwich. It looked pretty nasty. I would think it's a week. Uh, it won't be any more than a week. Uh, you would think it It was just unnecessary.
9: Yeah. Probably yeah. unnecessary is the term to describe yeah. it.
2: And it wasn't wasn't you know malicious, but you can't get away with doing that, particularly somewhere in headgear, which yeah. I suggest is something as well.
9: Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we did mentioned a little bit earlier in the day we thought it might be a bit of a physical game from what the way both coaches were speaking it didn't end up apart from that one incident maybe a couple of incidents I don't think it had that physicality or that feeling in it that we that came out from the players
11: perhaps late in the third quarter you could point to that there was was one
10: melee moment I don't remember which quarter it was but it was just um, in this pocket here in front of the social club yeah I think you might be right
11: I don't think you can call it bruise free either. No, yeah. that, know, I absolutely within reason. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> but I think it, part of the thing was the smaller ground means you've got more people per square meter, if you like, and mm. therefore it's going to be tighter. Yeah, um, we okay. talked a lot about. The, I mean, you guys all picked Port Melbourne, so I recall from the start of the game. Um, <laughs> not that I'm going to ride that one home Rubbing all the way. Um, but you know, I think we talked about the fact that if Port were going to win, it was because they are going to run the Saints off their feet in open space, which they didn't have the chance to. It was just too mm, congested yeah. for that, and I think that's where the Saints end up winning it. I
9: think the. Southern Saints definitely came in with that game plan just to stop them from being able to get that run and it might not be the prettiest game, it might not be the prettiest football but they brought it to ground and they were the ones consistently winning the ball whether it was on the ground or whether it was from stoppages
13: Well
2: I they don't give out, you know, they give out four points if you win, they don't give out three points if it's you know, not such a nice looking game and two if <laughs> yeah. you if you don't smile at the umpire it's four points whether exactly. you win or lose and winning ugly counts just as much as winning it nice yeah.
9: It's not the method that counts, it, it's
10: the result
2: Correct. But the
9: result of the Southern Saints will be enjoying a lot here, having gathered this win uh coming across to Port Melbourne too. coming across to a bit of a fortress here I'd say uh North Port Oval is oh, something yeah. that Port Melbourne it's a, a bit daunting to come across mm. here uh as an opposition side and there were pl- plenty of fans for Port Melbourne obviously the crowd picked up but it was the Saints were able to come away with the win here and for Port Melbourne obviously we probably only saw in the third term them really pick up uh and okay in the last term they did hold um the Southern Saints goalless but you'd look at that as saying well the Saints did the hard work in the first three terms
10: Yeah, it was more of a case of too little too late really they definitely had their moments but it would have would have been a different result if they'd had their moments. it
11: just came in bursts. It just mm. came in fits and starts, and there was no real compl- you know consistency at all to their
2: play. Yeah, and if you look at the goal kicking, we I think I mentioned at one stage it was the, I think once there were two goals yeah. in a row kicked by Port mm. because and more often than not it wasn't you know the Port kicked a goal and then three or four minutes later the Saints did. It was often they kick a goal, take it out of the centre, get down, get the goal back, and so mm. they didn't get that chance to get the momentum building. And I think mm-hmm. that's one in the end um, it just it just stifled. I think. Stifled as a word that I might use to describe mm, yeah. the game.
9: Yep, so it was just two goals. Uh, they didn't kick off their goal scoring until the second term, the home side here, Port Melbourne. So two goals in that second term. And then just one in either of the final quarters for today. So really weren't able to get their run on today. Uh, obviously, we've got the night game here that Wharf Radio will also be covering starting at 6pm. It'll be Williamstown against Casey Demons there at Downer Oval. What are our thoughts heading into that match under the lights? Could be a bit chilly there at Williamstown. 7pm kickoff, or 7pm first bounce, it's not soccer. <laughs> so, what? Um, who are we tipping there? Casey, easily. I'm yeah. Before
10: anyone says it, I'm not just saying that because I'm a Melbourne supporter. If you take a look at the two lineups, if you t- particularly look at Casey's, you've got the likes of Libby Birch, Shelley Heath, Jackie Parry, Alyssa Bannon, Maddie Gay, Eden Zanker. Yeah, yeah. It's just go down the list, and that's a fair chunk of. Melbourne's best 21 or 22, whatever the figure is these days. So, yeah, and you just don't have that that top level talent um, in the Williamstown lineup. They do, Williamstown do get um, Elizabeth Keeney from Gold Coast this week, so that'll be a good inclusion for them. But, yep. yeah, Casey have been very dominant the past couple of weeks, and I can't see that changing tonight.
9: Any hope for Williamstown, Katie? Well,
10: they've got nothing to lose.
11: I'll put it that way. They have the opportunity on their home deck just to try and, you know, match it with some of the better sides. And, you know, if that doesn't motivate you, then, well, you know, who knows? Who knows? Mm. But I think, yeah, it should be a regulation win for Casey. It might be a bit tricky there, particularly at night at Williamstown. can be tricky, but I think Casey comfortably.
2: I think it depends a lot on this stuff, he said, pointing at the grey clouds. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've ever you broadcast a game from uh, Williamstown when it's raining. Uh, no, you might as watch. well you, you <laughs> could toss a coin it it, it does impact dramatically yep. on the ability particularly if you get a breeze you get a breeze from the southern end um, so for example if it yeah. does if it springs up and in, in one quarter Williamstown get that wind it yeah. could make all the difference I know you all made fun of me at the start of the game, but I'm going to pick Williamstown just because you all picked Casey. <laughs> just
10: to uh, rebut your comment about the wind, Casey is also notoriously windy ground. Yeah. So Yes,
2: you're right. But True. it doesn't have the sea mist that comes in with it, typically. Okay. If you've got see mist at Casey, you've got serious issues on your yeah, hands. You're,
9: yeah, something has seriously gone wrong there. Yeah. I do wonder, though, we saw the rain starting to come down here at halftime. I do wonder if that could have played, if it came down torrentially, if that would have stopped the Southern Saints in any way. Shape or form, can't Mm. worry about what ifs, but I just wonder if that might have even the jump. I I saw them play
2: in that weather four or five weeks ago and they handled it really well. They only kicked one goal for the game, but Geelong only kicked two. I think it was two, four to one, two or something. Um, But uh, the skills were pretty good. I think one of the things I've noticed, I've been watching this for five years, broadcasting VFL, VFLW um, stuff for the five years, and the thing that's noticeable is the capacity for the female players now to hit a target without thinking about it. You know, that mm. the first season, and we had a lot of netballers, <laughs> Sharni, whatever her name is now, late. that used to be oh, late in the order. year, she's not that China anymore, um, who in one of her early games actually passed the ball as a netball pass, you know. Oops. So uh, that sort of stuff doesn't happen anymore. And I think the skill level has increased to a degree where I think the weather yes. would be less of an issue than it otherwise would be.
9: mm yeah, Fair fantastic. Point. Well, we had a little bit of rain here. It started off in sunshine, moved to a little bit of rain, and it's moved to cloudy. But, geez, it's sunshine all day for the Southern Saints after this remarkable win against Port Melbourne. It was the Southern Saints, 8 fifty five defeating their opponent, Port Melbourne, 4-4-28. Thank you for joining us on Wharf Radio. I'm Lauren Borden with Neil Butler in play-by-play, Elise Collette and Katie Lambeski. Thank you for joining us in special comments. Thanks for having us. Pleasure as always. Thank you so much. You can tune back into Wharf Radio at 6 6 p.m. for Williamstown V Casey. But from Northport Oval today, it's goodbye from us.
12: 40, 40.